Boost me up this ledge, Michael. Okay. You see, I'm, I'm going to, but that's because I need you to wipe down some surfaces up there. We need to uh, sanitize the reopening. <laughs> Guys, this door just like opened over here. Okay. Uh, okay. Like, it, I don't think you guys locked this place up the last time that you were here. Uh-oh. No, that explains why the walls are uh, oozing. Oh, green and I, I do hear something inside. It sounds like someone like... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a clicker. That's a clicker. I already mm-hmm. made this joke. We shouldn't do four-person podcasts. Hey, guys, welcome to the XP Bar. We're back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, Zach. Hi. Wait, forget I introduced you. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Tucker. Hi, Christian. <laughs> Hello. And a special guest returning from the before times. It's Zach. Yay! Yay! Zach, can you guys hear me? Okay, dude, you're coming in loud and clear. <laughs> great, great. Yes, uh, I have returned for a very special occasion. Star Wars Squadrons announced. No, thank God. No, we will. We will not be talking about that ever. Oh, frankly, I might. Okay. Oh, but okay. Oh, Michael, you certainly can. Yay! Not today, though. No squadrons. Not today. Well-Oiled Machine is the XP Bar. It's a video game <laughs> podcast about video games. And uh, we're here to talk about a very special game today. No, take that back. Not a game. A very special art. <laughs> a $60 art that comes on two Blu-rays. The Last of Us Part Two. That's right. Michael, what did you think? Um, I, for one found the character development of, of mm-hmm. i got mm-hmm. nothing here i don't know yeah. I, I feel oh. i am the odd one out here having never played this game so i'm just here to moderate and chime in with nothing <laughs> as per norm um i'm gonna break rank here you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take mm. us on a wild ride here spoiler free no not in that there's no spoilers but the spoilers are freely available yes <laughs> that's podcast. right that's, that's right that. okay. <laughs> you're spoiler free <laughs> spoilers free uh last of us two conversation is about to start uh, i guess i'll so, put a time code in for people you know whatever like spoilers comma free spoilers free okay. like that Okay. Free spoilers is what I'll, I'm saying. I'll take one spoiler, sir. Okay. Um. Hmm. Um. Hmm. She doesn't make it. Oh. But who is she? Oh. Mm. It's Mel, actually. Oh, she Jesus. Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. God, Christian, I wish that would have been great if Mel Gibson yeah. had made an appearance in this game. Ooh. Instead, we got a bunch of shitty characters and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> two really good ones one of them got killed like right away okay oh my god oh yeah mm-hmm. zach do you want to take it away then who is what and what are you talking about and where do you do you want me to do you want like how, how are we going to structure michael's this? moderating structure this at all michael's moderating um, this, mm-hmm. this okay discussion. Mm-hmm. so the last of us part two um i played it in a very short amount of time and i uh, i was the first weekend that the game came out so that was about a month ago now right 
Am I remembering that oh, correctly? Geez. I guess so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I played through the game, it was at a pretty breakneck pace. But I think, I mean, I still remember everything pretty clearly. You know, okay. it wasn't like I played through it so quickly that I wasn't able to process what was happening. But it did take me quite some time to, like, piece together the way that I felt about what happened. When I got to the end, um, I was really, really conflicted. Uh, here, I, I think that this game could be, right? I'm not going to say it is because it'd be hyperbolic to predict the future right now. But it could be a watershed moment for the industry. Not in the sense that Neil Druckmann probably wanted it to be. Hmm. But in the sense of... The link between the game and the player. And what's um, I I think that Tucker has been a big proponent on this show of not even having a story in a game. Like for Tucker, the least important thing about a game is its story. Am I right about that? Yeah. Tucker, your rebuttal? Yeah. Sure. Yes. That sure. Yes. Right. So so I um, have been on very much the opposite end of the spectrum. For those of you who have never heard me talk about games before on this show uh, or on past iterations of this show, I love a good story in a game. I feel like that really connects me to what's happening. You know, the mechanics can be really good. The visuals can be really good. The gameplay loop can be really addictive. But what puts it over the top for me for like a an all-time memorable experience, really, a lot of times, is the narrative that the game is telling. I think that God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Spider-Man are good examples of games that were exclusive to the PlayStation 4 that walked the line between that player interaction and, you know, freedom to kind of do what, you know, the, the thing that you wanted to do and imprint how you felt about the narrative onto the character. You know, the character did some things without your permission, right? The character did what they're going to do, but it still kind of left room for you as the player to be in their shoes and to kind of empathize with them and understand why they did what they did. And I would also say that The Last of Us Part 1, as I'm now Mm. retroactively calling it, uh, hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is probably probably the the perfect example of this balance. You know, uh, the characters definitely were independent. I mean, you you take them through the environment, which helps you empathize with them and connect with them in a way that no other medium is allowed to do. I mean, you can watch a TV show. You can watch. Uh, I mean, that's a terrible example. How funny is it that Game of Thrones used to be the example for a lot of Oof. these, like, very big, like, complimentary things? Yeah. <laughs> now, now nobody can say that anymore. Oh. Um, but, you know, there are great there are great TV shows where you watch them and you're like, man, this is so cool. And I feel like I know these characters, but you're not like you're not as involved with them as you are in a video game and a video game in a perfect scenario. You're in the driver's seat and you feel the story happening because not only is it happening to the character, but it's happening to you in a way, you know, 
uh, that was something that was probably always going to be a little bit of a pitfall with a sequel to The Last of Us, is that The Last of Us meant so many different things to so many different people, uh, much like, you know, Star Wars or, or any big pop culture thing. When you have such a big widespread fan base, a sequel or sequels are going to have stumbling blocks for for many different people because you're just not going to be able to avoid it. Nothing is going to be perfect to everyone. And I'm not saying that the game like fails in that realization. I, I think. I think that the sequel here, The Last of Us Part Two. It didn't take into account the the connection between the player and the game, hmm. the connection between the player and the characters. It treated it like a movie, hmm. like, oh, hey, this is what happened in the first game. Here are the consequences of that. And we don't care whether or not it's enjoyable to experience <laughs> you're gonna play it you bastard you know what i mean like oh joel you're so evil you're dead oh yeah look at that look at joel look at joel get his head smashed in it's like look at ellie look at joel get his head smashed in like i that was just um it's terrible it was vile it was and not not for the reasons like i understand narratively i get it right i i get what they were going for in this game I totally understand it, and I respect the effort, I suppose. But <laughs> you cannot... You monster. You cannot... Ugh, what am I... You can't do this. Like, you just can't do it and expect it to be pulled off and expect people to, enjoy, to like, go for it and enjoy it. Like... If you are writing a story and then halfway through, you're like, and now let's see it from the villain's perspective. It's like, but the whole time and they knew they knew the people were going to support Ellie in her revenge. I, I hope I'm not just fucking ranting aimlessly. No, no, no. they knew with the revenge quest. They knew that Ellie was going to get the sympathy of the player. You know why? Because we know Ellie. We love Ellie. We want her to succeed. We want to play as Ellie and Joel, except you stole that from me. So whatever. But now, of course, we're like, we got to get these motherfuckers who killed Joel. We got to kill him. Like, that's just it. We have to. And then they're trying to tell this. Oh, man, Ellie's going to extreme lengths. She's going to such extreme lengths. Oh, she's torturing people to get information about where these people who killed Joel are. She feels bad. You should feel bad. Oh, you're killing these dogs. You should feel bad. Oh, you're killing these people. You should feel bad. Oh, you killed a pregnant woman. You should feel really bad. Double bad. Oh, now now Abby found you and she's about to shoot you in the face. Oh. Record scratch. Record scratch. Time to go back in time and play the whole fucking sequence over again. Except this time you're playing as the character who fucking killed your surrogate father. Zach, I have a question for you. What? I also have a question, but I'll... I'll, I'll see to Tucker. Thank you. Zachary. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. You visited my sweaty sweat apartment that one time fairly recently <laughs> with mask in yeah, tow. Yes. Yes. Yes, um, I did. 
And you said regarding the ending of The Last of Us 1 that Joel made the right decision, right? In your mind? I I did not say that. Okay. What I said was, and that's another thing this game does. Okay. But that's good. It's good that you pointed out, Tucker. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what I said was, if you play the game, and I, I truly believe this, that the developers of the game wanted you, the player, to feel like, oh, man, look at what Joel did. What a what a bastard. What okay. a bastard for what he did. Okay. And th- he got his comeuppance. Now Abby took him out. So he right. he got his comeuppance and it was supposed to be this way. Okay. But like as the player of that game, as someone who has seen what Joel has experienced, has experienced a lot of these things alongside Joel and Ellie, because I'm the one doing it. I'm the one pressing the buttons. I understand. Like, I get it. Yeah. Is it the right thing to do, like, objectively? No. But guess what? Humans don't do the right thing, like, pretty much any of the time. I don't know (laughs) if anyone's ever realized that, but we're we're very flawed creatures. And what we perceive as right and wrong, most people do not adhere to the right thing. They adhere to the thing that feels right in the moment that their mind can justify at the moment. And at that moment, I mean, granted, Joel has killed many, many people before that point, but I completely, completely understand why he kills the fireflies, right? Because they're trying to take his surrogate daughter away from him without her explicit permission. That's the thing. They could have just like, woke her up and been like, Hey, you want to sacrifice yourself? Nah. And if she would, and if she would have been like, okay, sure. Then like, he probably, he probably would have let her do it. If she like made it clear that it was what she wanted. But I mean, they, everybody's in the wrong is what I'm saying. They didn't wake her up and ask her. He didn't wake her up and ask her. She was not a part of the decision. That's not, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying I can understand why he made the choice that he did. And I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing because I know I'm not a perfect person. And, but I, and I don't live in a post apocalypse, but you know, you, okay. you, you choose the people you love over the people you don't know every time. I, I, I would never fight you on the same, but I think that what you're saying is actually giving the first thing you said a lot of credence because I didn't play through The Last of Us 1 and I felt the complete opposite about the characters in 2 because I did not go through that with them in the way that you did. Right. And you're and you are you have to be, I would think, a very rare case then. I would sure. think that most of the people who played this game, this sequel, experienced the first game, like right. played it you know, maybe even multiple times, yeah. right? Um, and I think that when you're writing a sequel, you're writing it with the intention that the that the the subject, the audience, that they have experienced that first story. Sure. So it's it's not like they were starting from scratch and this was a reboot of some kind. Like this was a direct sequel Part to the two. original game. Part two. Part this two. thing. It's not even a sequel. No. Technically, it's just a it's continuation. 
It's the same thing, which I will give it credit. And this is getting a complete separate thing. I will give it credit. A lot of the criticism that I've heard of like, oh, I expected them to make some sort of big leap forward in gameplay. Well, they called it part two. I would expect it to actually be very similar to part one. Okay. In, sure. in its execution and gameplay, right? right? Like you got to give it credit there. That's my opinion. But anyway, like when you when you made me play as Abby, I understand what they were doing. They were trying to do for Abby what they did for Joel and Ellie in part one. And they were trying to put you in her shoes and have you experience these things and feel for her in the same way that you felt for those other characters, except that I played part one and I loved those other characters and this terrible person. Wow. Admittedly by her own admission, terrible person killed Joel in front of Ellie and in front of me, the player. It still burns inside you, doesn't it? It burns. And I don't like her. And I'm never going to like her. That's not going to happen. Do you see what I mean? Like it, that <laughs> I idea so. is that idea is flawed within itself. They tried so hard to tell this narrative where you have two protagonists, <gasps> not not an antagonist and a protagonist. You have two protagonists, but they're antagonists to each other. <gasps> oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> it made for half of a game that was not enjoyable to play at all because I was just waiting to go back to the theater, waiting to go back to playing as Ellie to actually see the real ending. Okay. By the time I got to that halfway point, I cared not at all about what the fuck was happening with Abby, and I would never care about what was happening to Abby because I don't like her. And then they introduced these stupid Seraphite characters, which mean nothing, who mean nothing to the plot of the game. I understand they're meant to humanize Abby, but you're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. This was supposed to be my job, Zach. You're kind of stealing my thunder here a little bit, but it's uh... just fucking dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> but okay. and this is the one. This is why I think ultimately I do sort of love the game. <laughs> uh -huh. Because by the time we get to the end <clears throat> and we are back in Ellie's shoes and she makes the choice not to kill Abby. Even though I wanted her to do it so bad. <laughs> By the time she makes that know. choice, it's like. It's your she, choice. She was Joel. Like she was Joel's daughter. You know what I mean? Like Creepy. in the sense that. <laughs> she was carrying on what he would have done for her. He was her daddy is what you're saying. No, okay. no, he was her surrogate father. Okay, we're not going to use the term daddy. Okay. Surrogate right. daddy. <laughs> surrogate uh, daddy. No, we're not going to use the term daddy. Don't okay. use that term. Um, surrogate poppy. He, if 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 that would have happened to her in front of Joel, Joel would never have stopped until every single one of them were dead, or until he was dead himself. And Ellie, that's what makes her different from him is that she was able to kind of when she had it in her hands, literally she stopped and it cost her everything. Them thematically that works for me. Like 
now going from here and God, God, I hope they don't make another game. Like, I just, yeah. I don't want them to make another game. I yeah. didn't want them to make another game in the first place. Yeah. But when they did, I was excited because obviously, you know, I want to, I want to see these characters again. Aww. But if, if they decide to make another game, they do have another really interesting narrative place to go from here. She's lost everything again. Like, truly everything. She lost Joel. She's lost Dina. She's lost the kid that they were raising together. She's lost fingers. Her ability to play the fight. Right down to the her ability to play the fucking guitar. Yeah. She has lost it. Yeah. In search of this revenge that she never actually winds up taking. Yeah. And I think that there is something very thematically strong about that. So I have to give the game credit for that because I, I do appreciate it. But from and, and we can get into specifics. I, I'm almost done with my rant here. I'm, I'm ramping down. Um, it's just not fun. Yeah. Like I cannot. I will never play this game again. Yeah. Never. I can't imagine. You couldn't. You couldn't pay me. Yeah. Like, well, you might be able to pay me. Okay. If if someone was like, "Hey, Zach, uh, here's a thousand dollars. Play Last of Us Part Two again." <laughs> okay. Sure. Skip cutscenes. Right. I guess I will. You know. But unless it's that sort of strange situation, I will never touch this game again, which is weird because I spent the full amount of money on it and I have a physical copy. Hmm. But I and I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Right. I was expecting to enjoy it. And yeah. and we can get into the bait and switch as well. But first, I guess I just want to hear Christian and Tucker what what you guys thought, kind of like the overview that I just gave. Christian, you haven't talked yet. Take it away. Take the reins. My son. Okay. Um, I'm a delusional individual who plays more video games than he probably should as a healthy human being. So I'm unhealthy. And so I played through The Last of Us Part One three times a couple months ago and played through this one two times back to back this most recent time. And I enjoyed it both times through. And I think I enjoyed the second playthrough a bit more than the first. And I thought it was an overall enjoyable experience enjoyed it quite a bit both narratively and from a gameplay standpoint i think i enjoyed the gameplay a little bit more than the first game i enjoyed the story probably a little bit less but i definitely respect it for its principles its themes its boldness Hmm. and its complexity and i feel like that's kind of how it faltered is they're dealing they're juggling a lot of balls here they were bound to fumble a few and i think they did but overall i'm glad that they made the sequel and i can't imagine myself making a better narrative driven thing to follow up a video game as beloved as the last of us part one. Oh, okay. You got 19 extremely more minutes. Positive. Yeah. That was extremely positive. <laughs> I liked it. Okay. Am I, am I giving, am I ranting or am I just saying whether I liked it or not? I, I mean, tell. just do whatever you want. My rant was to get around to the kind of the specific. Sure. Grand scheme points of why I love it, but hate it. Okay. Okay. Michael, the, did you uh, have a question? I, I did, but I will, I think it's better to wait until the end here. Um, okay. I yield the floor to you, Mr. Hmm. Phillips. You have the hmm. mic. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't. Mr. Phillips. Mr. Phillips. Hello. Bing. Um, so I didn't finish The Last of Us 1, right? I got like halfway through, let's say. You know, Joel, Ellie, Pallets, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know. Hospitals. And then um, Christian uh, schoolyard taunted me that I never finished a video game. And I was like, no. I put on my big boy pants and I sat down and I was going to play through all of The Last of Us 2. And so, and um, I kind of did a little mini rant podcast where I kind of Mm. ranted about some things. So I probably won't go back to that. Um, But suffice it to say, unlike Zach, I thought the first half of this game was terrible. And then I ended up really liking the second half of this game. I don't know why. I think I do know why. Um, so I know why. Yeah, I know why. What's that? Uh, you like the second half of the game because that's where they put the most effort in. <laughs> it sure feels like it. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. They, like I said, they tried every damn trick in the book, yeah. including making it a bigger action set piece. Like, yeah, pro- probably just a more complete story. Yes. It's like an uncharted to game. Get- yeah, to get you to like Abby. But I don't. And to to feel for her as much as you felt as much. Well, as much as the other players, not you specifically. Tyler, sure. But that the game player who did play the first game as much as they felt for Joel and Ellie. Sure. They wanted you to feel for Abby and probably Lev by extension. But you're saying you did not. Yeah. And I only say that just to say that I think you can still enjoy the second half of the game, even if you don't. If even if the magic trick doesn't work on you and you're not like sitting there like, oh, Abby's pretty cool, actually. She's like helping people like it didn't it didn't work on me, but I thought the the action was much better. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I Her her supporting cast is also stronger, I think. Having not played the first one. Like I don't Joel is nothing to me. He's a. He's an angry, stern old man who dies quickly. It's like, okay, he's cool, I guess, whatever. I think you played this for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think you should have played the game, Tucker. They threw me a bone, did. though. They're like, yeah, Joel I, was kind of a scumbag, and here's why. And then it's like this, you're going in like uh, Resident Evil, and it's like, cool. It's like, okay, because Ellie's story, divorced from the first game, in this game is kind of terrible. Um, it's just this like super basic, like sub kill bill revenge story. Um, and this is okay. Zach, you, you put the, you put the guard up on the Mary Sue thing. And I was kidding, but I do have a point I want to make here, which okay. is that I, for context, for anyone who's in our discord chat, Tucker made a veiled comment that he was accusing Ellie of being a Mary Sue when you didn't play the first game. So no, I, I and now I guess I understand that comment. But if you had played the first game, you would understand. Sure. I mean, she <laughs> she's clearly not. I w- she's a she's a teen. She's a, a, a person that has lived her entire life in this post apocalypse world. Sure. So she would, you know, in order to survive, you kind of have to have the skills that she has. I was more making a commentary on Neil Druckmann's uh, relationship with his female characters he creates there, but I get where you're coming from. But <laughs> the point I was trying to make was Ellie in this game makes just the worst series of bad decisions anyone could possibly make in their entire life. And she spends the game and Abby spends the game surrounded by people who keep dying 
just randomly, just at any time, bad things are constantly happening to everyone. But Ellie can just make the stupidest decisions a human being could possibly make for 15 hours and she gets through a okay and it really bugs me because she doesn't get through a okay okay she okay in the last hour of this 30 hour game she loses some fingers and she's sad due to the actions that she herself took okay dina said if you walk out that door I ain't going to be but here when you get back. <laughs> no, but she, she had to. But she had to. The patriarchy showed up at her door one day and said, you made me a promise. And then she said, well, I guess I did. And then she went off. She did not have to. That was her choice. Oh, my God. Neil Druckmann, you get out of You're here. You're right. It was her choice because she felt responsible. <laughs> to who? She was responsible. I mean, she was. Okay. So think about it this way. Okay. Right. I'm out. Joel only did what he did. He didn't have anything against the fireflies. He only did what he did to save Ellie's life. He only did what he did because he loved her. Right. And he died because of it. Right. And she knows that. Right. So as bad as she feels as bad as she felt for the fact that he did carry out those acts, he did it because of their relationship and because of the things that they had been through over the last year. And and he continued to try and have a better relationship with her after the fireflies thing. He becomes a stand-up guy. Like (laughs) Joel's not like trying to go out and kill people. Like you know what I mean. Like yes, when Joel is with Tommy and he's in a society in Jackson, it's not like he's the grumpy old hermit that he doesn't want to talk to anybody and is all angry and everything. He becomes a pretty normal person from all like Mm. from from all the cutscenes that we've seen that Mm. we see him in, and he goes out of his way to make Ellie feel. Like she belongs somewhere and to make Ellie feel like she has a family that he can be her family and to make her feel respected and appreciated and loved. That trip that they take through the museum is incredible, is absolutely incredible. Probably my favorite part of the game. And it's meant to show you that Ellie is not. She's not just doing it because, oh, you killed Joel. I got to go kill you. Yeah. She's doing it because one, she knows Joel would do the same thing for her. And two, she feels responsible for what's happening. She feels responsible for what happened to him. It wouldn't have had to go down like that. He would not have had to have been tortured and hit in the head with a golf club to death. What is Were this? It not, <laughs> yes. Were it not for their direct relationship. I have a so, totally different reading on Joel in this game. <clears throat> okay, what what's your reading? Not keep in mind yeah. everybody listening at no, home. He hasn't no, just played the first game based on this game. He's like really creepy, overprotective father type thing going on, and Ellie's angry at him through most of this game for being that exact archetype. Well, that's not why she's angry at him. But. No, but he is not this like shining beacon of cool daditude. He's like overprotective and like creepy about her because she's his surrogate daughter that he lost and regained and then lost and regained 
And it's like, it's not a healthy relationship, these two characters. Oh, have. I, I mean, he, he definitely, right. There's definitely baggage that he is putting on her that she doesn't deserve. Yeah, but, totally. Like, way too much baggage. Right. But she understands that and is willing to accept it and, and try and make it better. That's yeah. the tragic thing is yeah. the, when we see right before the end of the game, their final real conversation, when she tells him that despite everything, she still wants to make up. She still wants to She's be weak. a part. She wants them to be a part of each other's lives. Yeah. And I, that legit hurt me. Yeah. Like it, it, it hurt me to see that and realize she does know everything. She was willing to accept it and accept him. Yeah. And she, then he was taken from her. <clears throat> like it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful, but he did it. I, I guess you would have had to have known it was coming, yeah. but here. Okay. Tucker, you 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 keep going. By by the end of your take on the game, I have another point I want to make right away. Well, I would, uh, Christian. Is there anything you've been wanting to say, um, my dude? I I've got plenty of things to say about the video game The Last of Us Part Two. But okay, please indulge Zach here, Tucker. I'm oh, curious. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, I mean. I don't know how to do this in like a structured way, but can we talk about the Metal Gear Solid comparisons? See, now this is something I don't know anything about. Well, I know absolutely nothing about it. So I, I'll let you guys take over on like what exactly you mean and what you're talking. So about. like you imagine Joel, but instead he's doing naked cartwheels and there's a giant yes. anime robot. Yes. I mean, I did. I do know about the infamous naked cartwheels. Thing. Okay. 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 We're, we're on the same page. You and Isaac. <laughs> Um, okay, so Metal Gear Solid 2, right? Blah, 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 blah. Christian, are, are you able to boil this down into like a succinct thing? I don't I don't know. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 came out on the PlayStation 1. You played a Solid Snake. Everyone thought it was so awesome. Everybody loved it. And people are like, when's the sequel? The sequel's finally coming out. E3 trailer. You're playing a Solid Snake except in awesome PS2 graphics. Everyone's like, heck yes. The game starts. You're playing as Solid Snake in awesome PS2 graphics. Everyone's like, heck yes. And then after the first couple of hours, heck yes, guy goes away and you're playing as pretty white boy now. And then you play as pretty white boy for the rest of the 15 hours of the video game. And then everyone's like, why did you do this? You put regular snake in all the marketing materials. Why did you do this bait and switch? I hate this character. This isn't who I bought the game to play as. Kojima, you're a liar. Yeah, that's exactly what happened here. That is <laughs> like yeah. precisely what happened. OK, but I. I, to me, the comparison here is just at that very end part where it feels like they were trying to get some sort of reaction out of the player. Like anger. Like I, Kojima was trying to anger people who were playing Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, in some way. And I think the same is true here. I don't think it works. It didn't work for me. Um, Could I... Hmm. I guess my my interjection here would be it's not is that it's not like you know Metal Gear Solid Two is the first time a story has ever tried to pull a bait and switch like that. Oh, totally. 
Yeah. It's like it's a trope well, you can at this do point. It. And the idea is you that you're supposed to undercut your your viewers' expectations and maybe give them a new perspective on all the happenings within this narrative. Well, here's the difference, okay? If you're watching Lost, for example, yeah. and it's it in its uh, heyday on a, on ABC, would right? never do that, but okay. Well, King I'm Damon. just saying, if if you are, if you're watching <laughs> Lost or a show like Lost or like a cult TV show, Fringe. maybe you're paying for cable, right? Or or you're just watching it on network television, Lost or you're ABC. watching it on Netflix afterward, right? Lost like, was on Netflix. Your your ten dollars a month. Your twelve dollars a month, whatever it is now that you're paying to Netflix, is getting you a library of content, a vast library of content. You might be paying for it specifically to watch that one show, but that's not the entire value prop, right? Like, you could watch anything on Netflix. You could watch any Netflix show, and Sense8. It, it, so many of them, it, it's well worth the money, right? Like that's the idea. But with a fucking video game, <laughs> you're paying 60, in my case, $80 for the collector's edition of a game where they told me in the trailer, yeah. they implied heavily, yeah. this is another story of Joel and Ellie going on the road Woo. to accomplish some sort of mission, right? Sure. Except a couple hours into the game. You take away part of that entirely. Yeah. And that's a big fucking problem when you pay $80 for a video game. I, I understand why they did it. It definitely it definitely got some feelings of anger for me, not just for the characters in the game, not just for the story, because that definitely worked on me. Yeah. But also from the sense of this is the biggest bait and switch I've ever been involved in in a video game. Like Fair. I felt not just betrayed by the story. Like I felt I wouldn't even wouldn't even say betrayed. I just felt misled. Yeah. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah. This isn't something that every game that comes out can do or else this would be the worst industry on earth. Right. Well, there's probably worse industries on Earth. The worst media I, format uh, mm, on Earth. Mm. Riddle me that. Mm. Um, but Zach, I have a question for you. Not to dig back into this hole we've spent the last 45 minutes crawling out of Zach, but why didn't you like Abby then? Because they are set up to be almost the exact same character. Uh. Like even, even because because I wasn't able because I okay you Tucker hello not having played the first game not having had the history with the characters sure would be able to look at this from an from a perspective of well why don't you like Abby because we used all these tricks and the reason why <laughs> is because she fool. fucking she killed Joel dude okay like she killed him okay and they introduced me to her. As she killed him. Right. That's my question. Okay. Like maybe Switch if it. they had, maybe if they had chosen a different path, maybe if they had introduced her beforehand. <laughs> yes. And laid some sort, some sort of groundwork on her and then had her kill him. I, it would have been a little different. Okay. But they, th that was an intentional design choice. They wanted 
her to kill him before you knew anything about her. Totally. You do play as her before that, though. You do for a brief section, you know, when you meet Joel um, and you're running away from zombies. I I, I still don't entirely know why they did that even. Yeah. Like, that was weird to me when I started playing as her. I was like, oh, man, I wonder how long I'm going to be playing as her. And then you don't (laughs) play as her for a long time until, you know, halfway (laughs) through the game. Yeah. But um, it it just it doesn't work. Like you said, the magic, right? It's it's the magic of the player connecting with the character. It's the magic of the player connecting with the game world. There is a suspension of disbelief and there's also a connection that has to happen organically. Yeah. And that didn't happen to me. I yeah. can't. I guess I can't speak universally for everyone who's ever played The Last of Us Part Two. I'm sure that Abby has her fans, right? But Hello. I'm not one of them. Yeah, yeah. But as, as an, <laughs> I feel like we're just going over the same ground a lot. But like Ellie's half of this game. I cannot remember anything that happened because it really didn't feel like I mean, there's like, sure, the museum stuff. Right. Which is completely separate from anything that's happening in the game. I feel like that's there for my benefit more than your benefit. Right. Because it's like establishing that Joel wasn't. You know, this guy who made the wrong decision once and then. No, no, it's happening for everyone's benefit. It's happening to give Troy Baker something to do. Sure. <laughs> to earn a legitimately. A but okay. but it's also it's happening because they knew what they were doing. They knew they were stealing Joel away from the players. Oh, okay. So they want they wanted to give us something. Yeah. A little bit of poppy, Joel in this a game. Daddy in this game. Right. Mm-hmm. They wanted to at least deliver on that promise a little yeah. And they also needed to follow up. I mean, honestly, it's true. They needed to follow up on the end of the last game and they needed to to tie up that, you know, does Ellie ever find out? Because from the end of the last game, I never thought that Ellie fully bought his story. Yeah. Like there was never a moment where I was like, when Ellie says, okay, at the end of the last game, that was never to me like, oh, she believes him. Okay, it's all, it's all over. Bow tied up. Like, I knew that there was more to that yeah. and we got more to that and they needed to tell it and they told it in flashbacks and I'm fine with that. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But I, I'm just trying to kind of, hmm. I just want to know if you can accept in your heart that they did not design this game in a way where if you don't know Ellie and Joel on an intimate level, they do a bad job of the first half of this game fails narratively Then I would say, because they don't, they rely entirely on the first game. Yes, that is the case. But I, I also, I don't think that that's a bad thing to do with a, with a sequel, a con- with a, a continuation, okay. right? A, a sequel or a continuation. I don't think that's a bad thing. When okay. you're watching the empire strikes back, George Lucas assumes that, you know, who Luke Skywalker is, right? Like they're not reintroducing yeah. Luke Skywalker. But that's a and I think it <laughs> Star Wars. I think the Empire Strikes Back it tells a better story than the Ellie half of or I guess this whole game. Oh a- absolutely, absolutely. The Ellie half of this game is carried entirely by the emotional reaction the player is having at the time. Yeah. 
It's adrenaline. One hundred percent. And 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 you're right. That is a flaw in the creation of the game, right? As a game, I think it does fail in a lot of ways. I think there's a lot of padding where there doesn't need mm. to be. Yeah. I think that uh, there's there's just yeah, the gameplay of The Last of Us was never the most interesting thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, going through and, oh, man, we're going through this. Uh, oh, we got to get over to this part of the I city. The so now tape. we're actually going to walk through to this entire part of the city. <laughs> right. Look at that and, over there. We have to go there. Let's go there. Right. Then and they go now there. we're, oh, oh, put on your uh-huh. mask. Put on your mask. We're going through the spores. Yeah. Oh, we don't it. have a mask. Let's get into the building. Goes I gotta find one. Oh. Yes. Oh, here's the clickers. clickers we gotta fight crap. the clickers. There's clickers how many, here. How many fucking zombies are there? You'd think that a lot of people would have killed them all already. <laughs> like No, that's the other thing. Ellie, okay, this whole society is crumbled, but Ellie kills like 8 billion zombies in this game and is fine. And I know she's immune. Okay, Abby kills 8 billion zombies herself. It's like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. You just kind of, you press square really fast and then you knife them in the throat and you're fine. But everybody else dies. I don't get it. Well, you have to be, I mean, the reason why they're able to kill them so easily they're young is women. they're they're elite combat. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. They have Pumping that iron. fucking survivor instinct. When you live to this point in the apocalypse, you have to have that survivor No, because everybody else is dying constantly. They're always getting smoked. I don't get it. It's because they're getting killed by other people. <laughs> okay. Not zombies. I don't think a zombie kills a single person in this game. Uh, there's mm. that really good part with Ellie where she's tied up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Towards the end. That was good. That was that I don't good think Ellie. Oh, you're you're talking about when the with the um mm-hmm. the, what are they called? The rattlers. The rattlers. There yeah, we go. Yeah, 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 the, yeah those yeah. sons of bitches. There's some they, good that stuff whole thing there. with the rattlers, they had they had to introduce another <laughs> faction out in San Diego or wherever the fuck they are, Santa Clara. Yeah. yeah. Where another faction that's like, oh, guess what? <laughs> We're fucking evil as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they, they oh, are. just don't worry. You 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 can feel bad about killing the dogs and we're going to make you feel bad about killing the Washington Liberation Front. But we're also going to introduce this other villain faction that's going to be just completely irredeemable. And you can have fun killing them at the end of the game. Like, sure that did. doesn't make any sense. Oh, hey, they're keeping clickers on fucking chain leashes like in their that. yard. Yeah, you like can that. let the clickers go. Like and that. I'm sure that the clickers would probably just eat the shit out of all yes. of them if you let them i didn't do that i i, I let i let the clickers stay there what yeah zachary well if i was just russian and i i knew at that point i knew at that point the end of the game was near so i was just sure. rushing to get through yeah I'm sorry, Christian, go ahead <laughs> i've got a lot of things to say so let's go semi chronologically all right so okay. having played through the first game three times um I think this game really worked for me, and I think it, a lot of it started with the opening. The opening, you're playing as Joel again, and I felt like that was kind of my touchstone. Uh, I tried to avoid largely uh, all the marketing materials. I watched the first two trailers for the game, so I think I successfully avoided almost everything 2019 and on when it came to marketing materials and whatnot, which proved to be very fruitful considering all the leaks that came out about the game beforehand. So... Uh, I really liked having that touchstone to uh, Joel at the beginning. You play as him. You're just riding a horse and having a good time with Joel's uh, brother 
but I really liked that because I knew this was probably going to be Ellie's video game. Little did I know, but mm. <clears throat> I knew I would be leaving Joel behind and the beginning of the video game gave me something to grasp onto when it came to the Joel front and I got to control Joel in their shiny new video game engine that they made. So I yes. appreciated that. And then once we swap over to Ellie, uh, I noticed there's what I did really like about the Ellie storyline, despite the fact that it's just, you know, her seeking revenge. She's hanging out with Dina, her girlfriend, her waifu or whatever. And they're going on a patrol. They find out Joel gets captured by Abby, but they don't know who Abby is. They go back, they watch Joel die. And so they find out Abby's probably in Washington somewhere. So Abby and Dina go out for Washington and Joel's brother also goes out ahead of them. And I found that very interesting. I found there was a very interesting dynamic going there because you're kind of a stranger in a strange land. You're out in Washington. You don't know what's going on. You're just kind of waltzing into this city, which seems like a really stupid move, but it's working out fine. And you're picking up like these little tidbits. You're picking up these little scraps, these little notes that are like, hey, do this for this gate or hey, do this for that gate. Or um, as you come up on people that are in the Seattle force that Abby was a part of, they're like already dead. And a lot of them, you got to you got to like pick up notes from them and like figure out what's going on. And you assume that um, Joel's brother already murdered him. But it's not entirely clear. And I really liked that. I like the fact that you the details aren't set in stone right away. And you don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of flailing around trying to find where the heck Abby is so you can just murder her already. Yeah. Well, that just like Ellie is actually trying to do. They they did exactly. relate that perfectly. Yeah. And I did enjoy that a lot because I felt like, yeah, I was just scrambling. I had no idea what I was getting into, but eventually it becomes go to the aquarium. So I'm like, I got to get to the aquarium. And what I liked so much on my second playthrough is that in the second half of the game, you play as Abby, you play as the girl who killed Joel, you play starting where Ellie started. Uh, so you play like right after uh, Abby kills Joel and you get to see what she did and what she's doing in Seattle while Ellie's on a warpath trying to murder the hell out of her. And I really liked how Ellie's story, like the gaps that are set up in Ellie's story are like slightly filled in a bit. As you play through Abby's story, there's some very good lines of dialogue in Ellie's section where she'll say something like, boy, why is she out in the aquarium? She must have picked that spot because it's really hard to get to. And you find out later that it wasn't really Abby who wants to hang out in the aquarium. It's her ex-boyfriend and he hangs out in the aquarium because it's hard to get to. And there's this whole backstory involving the aquarium and why it's hard to get to and why she likes hanging out there and why her ex-boyfriend liked hanging out there and why she returned to the aquarium <laughs> and all of that stuff. I really liked how that was kind of piecemeal dealt yeah. out in the first half and then fleshed out further in the second half without throwing it in your face to an extent. It was they let the revenge story be the revenge story, but they threw in some dialogue pieces there that made my second playthrough more enjoyable and more fruitful after playing it through on the hardest difficulty that first time to get that very satisfying gameplay because I really like that gameplay. I like smacking myself in the head because I missed that one shot and I know I'm not going to get another bullet for this gun for another hour of video game. And I love feeling strapped that way. I like how the hardest difficulty 
makes me use all of my resources in order to throw a bomb somewhere and just praying that it kills two of the zombies instead of just one or how there's a big zombie coming my way and I've been saving my flamethrower and shotgun shells for this moment and I'm rewarded in visceral fashion while I'm blowing away chunks of this zombie courtesy of all of the stockpiling that I've been doing up to this point. But then I have to scramble for the next couple of hours because I'm low on resources after that boss fight and it's going to get tough. And a lot of those new clicker types are really neat. Like there's the ones that hide around the corners now and they'll just peek over at you. And they're those are smart little buggers. I hated those little pieces of crap, but it felt so good realizing where they were and sneaking around them completely around them in order to stab them in the neck with a shiv and the gameplay kind of synchronized with how I felt about Abby because I ended up liking Abby quite a bit. I ended up kind of hating Ellie at the end of this video game, despite playing through The Last of Us 1 four times and The Last of Us 2 only twice. Because uh, like Tucker said, she makes a lot of stupid decisions. She's like, I'm going to get revenge and I'm going to do it. And that's it. I'm getting revenge. I don't, you can come along with me. You're probably going to die. I'm probably going to die too, but I want to get revenge. And that's kind of her character to me. She's come to, I don't think Joel was a very good dad. Clearly, I mean, the things that he exposed her to in the first game, reluctantly or not, are kind of screwed up and probably things a daughter should not be exposed to. And the kind of person who grows up being exposed to this kind of stuff and who is also immune to a zombie virus may be a little, (laughs) you know, naive about these types of things. She might not have that kind of resiliency to herself. Exactly. And so she could just throw herself in being like, I'm going to kill all these people. And that's that it's going to happen one way or another. And she's reckless and like just, you know, so single minded in that revenge mindset. And that also ties into the fact that a lot of people don't like how it seems like the killing you do as Ellie is supposed to make you feel bad. And I am admittedly a sociopath. I do Mm. enjoy murdering people in video games. I Mm -hmm. like hearing the gargling noises coming out of their throats. Mm. I like doming some sons and watching them drop like a Mm -hmm. sack of flour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good stuff. Mm. And I think The Last of Us games, both of them are just impeccable when it comes to (laughs) landing that one single headshot. And it's not glorified like it is in Uncharted. You know, in Uncharted, they'll like flail around and go, whoa! And then they'll fall down on the ground and be like, wow, good headshot, Nate! Here it's like, and then it's it's just the echoing gunshot. It's not glorified, but you watch gorgeous spill out of their brains and then they smack down on the ground. And I very much enjoy that. I find that very mechanically satisfying. Kept me very interested and enticed throughout the entirety of my two playthroughs and three playthroughs of the first game. And I, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I disagree with you, Christian. Objection. Okay. That's Michael, okay. Judge, can you bang your gavel? Um, I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think they super glorify it in a very silly, uncharted way where everybody's like, Gloria, no! And then they're like, wah, wah, yeah. and everybody's like crying over their dead body and then they hold a funeral every time you shoot somebody in this game. Well, they you, don't you, hold a funeral. <laughs> I know. I'm just they're like, oh, crap, that was Dave. And then they're Dave's like, we got to get him. And it works the same you, way for the protagonists where um, when you're playing the Abby section, you know, she watches her... Who does she watch? She watches uh, a token. What is it? Latino boy. He watches token. She watches token Latino man oh. die. Manny. And then she can't. Yeah. She's just like, oh, Manny. And she can't do anything about it because yeah. she's being accosted by enemies right now. What are you going to do? And I noticed that was something that a lot of people complained about was the lack of kind of emotion that was tied to the player's deaths. Or a lot of the characters deaths. And 
that's something that I guess just kind of worked for me because it was in the heat of the moment. That's what was happening at the time. And it seems like every time a character dies, there's kind of tension that has to be dealt with in that moment. And they get plenty of quiet points afterwards in order to kind of internalize and deal with that pain that they just suffered. Right. So that stuff worked for me. And like, I, I am a sociopath. I didn't feel bad murdering dogs because Ellie made the choice. See it. She made the Preach choice it. beforehand to, you know, hell or high water. I'm going to revenge Joel. These dogs so, killed Joel. Exactly. Everyone that's standing in my way. What am I going to do? Not kill them? No. Am I going to talk to them? No. These dogs are coming for me and I freaking hate the dogs because they kept on sniffing me out. I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. I don't want to waste a bullet on one of the dog's heads, but they're making me do it. So I'll shoot the dog in the head and feel happy about it and feel mechanically satisfied. And then I'll shoot the other guy who was leading the dog. And then everyone will be like, oh, no, Ellie's dead. I'm sorry, not Ellie. That's a bad name. Oh, no, Jody's dead. And then they'll go looking around for Jody because I feel in the moment it doesn't work extremely well. But I think thematically it works pretty well because this is a video game where they want to emphasize perspective. And the way that things look from different viewpoints and everyone, in a sense, is the protagonist in their own story. Ooh. And so that also ties into the Abby stuff. Really liked Abby. Um, but it was a little shaky for me. There were some ebbs and flows. Uh, yeah. At first, I was like, OK, we're doing another flashback sequence with Abby. This is interesting. And then the other interesting part is that you get uh, pills that you can use to upgrade like stat trees because they're stat trees now in the first game. They were just like a uh, regular old, like here, put, put stuff in your health, put stuff into this. You can now craft two shivs now and call back city. You don't need to craft uh. shivs as Ellie because she already has a knife that she can just use infinitely. And I was like, yes, I like that. Thank you for not making me have to stress out about shivs to open doors in order to get mandatory collectibles in order to get all the trophies. I appreciate that. Huh. But then it comes back to Abby. You have yeah. to create shivs again. Yeah. And then I'm like, hmm, okay, here we go. This, I don't know if I like it. I got an upgrade I really liked as Ellie during the first half of the video game where I could stealth kill people really fast. I was like, hmm, that's gone too. I don't like this. This Abby chick can go screw off. Where's my mm -hmm. Ellie at? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. as I began accruing more upgrades for my Abby, I realized mm -hmm. that she is a bit more aggressive, yeah. which also reflects in her physique. Yeah. You know, she's got the big buff girl arms, and I like that. So she's got an ability where yeah. once she kills someone yep. with an execution move, she can yep. instantly yep. perform an ex execution immediately afterwards on another enemy. And that saved my butt yeah. an infinite number of times on that hardest difficulty. And it made it feel like I was just eking out a free extra kill for putting myself a little bit in harm's way on that hardest difficulty where two hits, two shots from a gun can end up downing you. And that felt infinitely satisfying, really liked it. I ended up gravitating towards Abby in that fashion, both gameplay wise and story wise, because I was also, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, I was kind of interested in seeing that Ellie half of the story fleshed out more in Abby's course of events. And I also appreciated how Abby didn't do the stupid things that Ellie did, where Ellie was like, I just want revenge. I'm going to get revenge. And then Abby is like, yeah. oh, I'm meeting these scar people that I'm not very fond of. And they have killed a lot of my friends. Yes. But we are both sharing in this mutual experience of danger. Yes. And so I will put that aside in order to assist these people. Yes. And that's not something that Ellie does at the end of the video game, where she finds Abby, borderline crucified, starving, parched. And she's like, well, we're in this mutual experience of more or less danger. I'm going to murder you. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that was an interesting culmination of those two characters clashing at a head. And I think Ellie should have died. I wish Ellie would okay. have died. Same. Because I don't like there's the part at the end of the game. She's happy. She's li- or towards the end of the game, towards into that last leg. She's happy in this in the living on the farmhouse with Dina and the baby. And then she's having more flashbacks. She's having PTSD. It's like Vietnam all over again. And she's like, I just got to go kill him after Joel's brother comes over. And he's like, hey, you got to kill Abby because she's still alive. Why would you betray me like that? And then Ellie's like, all right, I, I guess I'll do it. Sure. Okay, yeah. Sure. And so I'm like, all right, you're dead. I want you to die because you're making this stupid decision and you deserve death because yeah. you made it. You made it past this. You can forgive now. You don't have to forgive after murdering a bunch more people and zombies and, you know, beating a defenseless woman's face into the ground and almost dying yourself because you have a superiority complex or something. Hell yeah. So wasn't 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 too fond of that. And another thing I wasn't too fond of was uh, Abby's origin story. I didn't really like how. It seemed a little predictable how Hmm. Abby is the daughter of a dude that Joel killed at the end of the game. So they gave yeah. one random NPC a backstory and then yeah. shoved a new character in there. I feel like there's some better way to do that. I don't yeah. know what it, what it is, but I don't like that feeling that they give, they pick one random NPC and they're like, boom, you have a backstory. Boom. Here's a new character that we're going to make you care about. Yeah. That feels a little forced to me. Not that we're not just that we're going to make you care about. We're going to make ah. you play. Yeah. That's a totally different thing, man. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> You're right. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the end of the rant. Uh, I also, I I liked, one one thing I liked more about the first game is the variety of settings and locales. Because hmm. the first game I noticed, I was like, man, this is going to places that if I was just on, if I had pen and paper and was like, where would I like to see a zombie apocalypse setting like this? I would just write out basically a bulleted list of a bunch of the places that you go to in the last of us one because the variety is like insane it's crazy that you go to all these different places in this 12-hour video game and then in the last of us two in a 24-hour video game it's like a sandwich the the first little bit you're in snowy you're in snowy town the last little bit you're in tropical california and then the entire middle part is just rainy seattle soggy yeah exactly and that gets a little samey for me i i appreciate you know I appreciate the story, what they're doing with the story. You know, you get a little bit and then they supplement it with the other half of the Seattle stuff. But as a setting, I yeah. definitely appreciated the variety in the first game a lot more. Yeah, it, it's kind of hacky too, where it's like there's a storm a coming, you know, as like the tension is building. And yeah. then at the climax, the storm hits and it's like, OK, sure. This is like sure. hack screenwriting. Sure. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. You got it. Yeah. It's called homage. <laughs> and I don't expect you to understand. <laughs> They're really telling a filmic story here, Tucker. Yeah, they sure are. Mm. They are. And that's that's the problem. They are telling a very filmic story. Yeah. They're telling a story that would work a lot better on film or in a television yeah. show. But they told it in a video game instead. Woo! Limited about uh, game. And, and, you know, it's funny because Christian's like mentioning all these things about like, like that an actual person who's like trying to critique a game would mention. <laughs> right. And, and Controls. I don't care about any of it. Like, I yeah. don't care. I don't give a shit about any of that at all. Like, yeah. I play so few video games now. <laughs> there, there we go. There's the train. Uh, well, I play, that's the I play hmm. so few video games now 
that when I do sit down to play a game, especially like a big event game like this with like where the story is the focal point, I'm playing it because I care about what's happening like in the story. Yeah. Like, so I, I a lot of the stuff that, you know, a, someone who's trying to critique the game would, you know, take note of. I probably just don't take note of it at all. At all. Hmm. Like, I didn't even think about the fact that, oh, you're right. You're right. They, they do spend most of the game in the kind of the same environment, this big, you know, rainy city of Seattle. Yeah. I think they do enough to probably make that a little different, a little better. Like there is that cool moment where you're uh, you're in the uh, you're in the football stadium. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, oh, damn, like they're repurposing this big building for something like, hey, that's actually pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- there's. There are, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful game. Like, it's a beautiful visually audio. It's a big money pit. And guess what? They're making their money back. They're making a lot of money off the game. But they made they made that money. The pro that's the big problem. They made that money off of a false promise. Oh no! And (laughs) the manifesto. Here we go. I love I love the the game, and I hate the game. I don't know. (laughs) I I it's. I it, like I said, it really depends on the conversation. It depends on the topic. It depends on the day. Yeah. I I don't enjoy Abby at all. Okay. Uh, I I understand what they were going for, but I can't. I can't because I I can't, I can't explain yeah. it. You she guys are like, oh time. man. You guys are like, oh man, I hate Ellie, and it, that makes me that makes my heart hurt. <laughs> that makes me so sad Neil. to hear that because that means that they fucking won. Like the <laughs> that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to make you hate Ellie, but it's not Done. the truth. Like it's not. It's just not. <sighs> they were trying to make it's, you love Ellie in the first game, and it worked. It should have worked. Okay, but okay, but here's the problem, Tucker. You cannot. You can't do it. You can't do it in a video game. It doesn't work. If you expect a player to connect with a character and love a character in the first game and in the second game, pull the rug out and say, ah, turns out that character that you uh, really enjoyed and that you were uh, you were you you wanted to play as in this game and you you get to turns out that character's a piece of shit yeah. uh, from a certain perspective, right? Cause everyone's the protagonist of their own story, except that I yeah. want to play as the protagonist of the story that I originally played. The one I bought. The one that I bought and the yeah. one that you sold me right. and the one that you made previously. It's True. not like this is a totally new development team. It's not like this is a studio uh. taking a property from another, like a dead studio and repurposing it for their own thing. This is a direct continuation from the same creative team, the same creative forces. Same Neil. And same Neil Druckmann. <laughs> and it is, it, 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 it just doesn't. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. I can't say that it doesn't work because I think it does work. It obviously it's getting me to talk about it right now. It's getting my ire up, mm-hmm. but it's not enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. not fun. And that's what video games are supposed to be. Whoa. They're supposed to be fun. Whoa. Are you coming onto my side, Zach? Is that what's <laughs> happening here? No. For this specific game, <laughs> I think I probably am. 
Okay. I, I, I think they went too far. Yeah. They went too far in the idea of we're going to turn the industry on its head with this cool idea that everyone's the hero of their own story. And it's like, well, the whole point of a video game is that you're the hero of a specific story. Yeah. And yeah. you can't take the hero of a specific story and turn them into a believable villain of another story mm-hmm. without backlash. Yes. And without... Works. Without pushback. Mm. Like, you just can't. They had to have expected that all this was going to happen. And granted, they've made a lot of money off the game. I'm sure they don't regret a thing. Yep. The death well, I'm sure their uh, interns do, but that's beside the point. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess at the end, I just wish that they hadn't done it. And I and I didn't want to feel that way. I really wanted to be like, yeah, it was great that they made a sequel. But as I'm finding out with a lot of things, mm-hmm. apparently, in, mm-hmm. in 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, they should have just stopped at a certain point. Yeah. Stopping is okay. Stopping is 100% okay. It's noble, I would say, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know about noble, but it is okay. Um. Oh, Michael, I'm getting nose noise out of you, mister. Piping up oh, over there. Uh, uh, I'm going to smack you. Uh, <laughs> Can we? Uh, that's good. Can I get okay. one more off the left nostril, please? <laughs> oh, geez. God. Okay. I almost what are we? Uh, uh, do, do we want to talk about other things? What are can we, we doing on this show? Can we, before we move on, if we just have any other cruft about The Last of Us 2 that we want to say real quick, can we go around? Mike. Yeah, I oh, guess, that's right. Michael, you did have a question. You said you had a question for everybody. I did. And then we spent an hour talking about The Last of Us Part 2. I lost yeah. kind of the thread on that particular question. I guess I, my, my thought bubble here would be wouldn't a video game be the best place to tell a story if you're where you're pulling the rug out from under people because of how interactive it is it seems like that would be the place that you'd get the most maybe the where it would be the most jarring but if that's kind of what you want as a storyteller you want to be able to kind of shock and awe you want to be able to kind of turn people's heads on this and make them consider something differently and isn't a, a medium where you are actively participating in that maybe the best medium to do so I would say it's certainly effective, but I I just don't think it's the right thing to do from a business standpoint and from hmm. a like I'm going to be hard pressed to play another Naughty Dog game. Wow. Does Last that make any three? sense? Like that's the only game that I would consider playing from them at this point. They they have uh, Poison the Well. Like Pooped in it's the a game. It's a fucking game that I'm supposed to have fun with that I'm spending a lot of my hard-earned money on. So they turned around and they shot me in the fucking face Mm -hmm. with a golf club gun. Yeah. They hit me. They beat me over the head with a golf club until I was Uh, dead. And then they're like, Oh, guess what? But it's everybody's a hero of their own story. And I'm like, I didn't want to play. I didn't want to play that story. They forced me to play that story to get to the end of the story that I actually wanted to see the end of. Does that make any sense? Michael? No, like it makes sense. I guess just thinking from a a storyteller's perspective, this seems like the best medium to be able to be, playing around with those kinds of ideas because well, of how sure. interactive it is. 
But we're not storytellers. We're the consumers of the story. So as the consumer of the story, I hate it. I hated it. I also don't think this is interactive in any way. The parts where you shoot people is interactive in that you sneak around and shoot them, but you make no choices during this game. It's not like it benefits from you being, it doesn't benefit. It doesn't benefit from being a video game. If everything that happens, that's important is me watching a cutscene while checking my phone or whatever, while the controller well, that's, is that's not every, I mean, that's not what's happening though. There are okay, many Kojima. moments that you play through that are important. Not to um, the story. Yes. To the story. It'll transition into a cutscene, and maybe I smash square really fast to get the thing off me or whatever, <laughs> but it's not like I'm, there's no moral choice or anything that's happening. This is a, this is a, it would be interesting. Michael, I, I think I disagree entirely with what you're saying, because in order to tell that story, you have to take agency away from the player. And in doing so, you are squashing what makes video games interesting. Um, I would counter that. We had talked about Metal Gear Solid 2 before. Mm-hmm. How you're not playing as do, the villain. How do they do this in a way that that uh, that that's different here? Where people hate it that seems game. Like, <laughs> people. It's it's that was that was playing that was being subversive in that you expected to play as this big buff action hero dude. Everybody loves Solid Snake, and then it turns out no, you're going to play as this wimpy, freaking little audience surrogate who looks up to Solid Snake, and that's interesting in its own way. But it's not interesting in the way you're talking about where it's like, uh, who's the villain? And I can be both sides of the equation because you're you're not you're fighting. You are shooting guns at robots and Solid Snake is standing right next to you at a certain point and doing the exact same thing. Like it, it feels good. It's not as subversive in that way, I don't think. Whereas this game is like the final boss is the main character that you played as for the first half of the game, which is, I think, in a way braver. I think that's even farther down that road but i don't think video games are a great medium for that necessarily right i 100 percent agree question here uh i yes. i guess to bring it back to that agency thing right yes because you made a good point about the agency thing in a game like uh the walking dead which i played all four chapters or all four uh seasons of recently um that's a good whistle the walking dead there are a lot of twists and turns and there are a lot of things that you don't expect and things that they hit you over the head with and different motivations and way to ways to look at characters but at your kind of helping to craft how those things are revealed like is clementine a written character in the story like are you creating clementine sort of right like you're 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 choosing her responses to things you are you're you're kind of molding clementine in the image that you want it to be right you're experiencing the story in the way that you you would like to i mean it doesn't always work out that way but at the end of the day you do feel a sense of agency it's the illusion of agency right that's beautiful and yes. in yes, and in a game like this, the reason why you're willing to go along for the ride is because you're engaging with a story that you can identify with and connect with. Like that's why that's why I said that at the beginning. Like it, to take 
the characters that you identified with and connected with and turn them into the villains in this type of game where you don't have much agency, if any at all. That's a mistake to me. That's yeah. that's an extreme disconnect. And I don't think yes. that it works I as well that. as they thought that it would. Yeah, that's where I'm at, I think, was it? Could it work? <laughs> I just wanted to say I love how Resident Evil is hell that Ratman boss fight. Oh yeah, was. dude. Because that is the kind of abomination we did not see in the first <laughs> Last of Us video game. <laughs> this one in a Mwah. different direction. <laughs> I'm right there. My, with you, Michael, buddy. I don't Michael, you you asked, could it work? Um I don't think it could. I don't think it can work in this in this style of game. I think it can work in a game where you do feel like you have more of an illusion of choice. But I don't think that in this style of kind of on rails, traditional narrative game, I don't think it works out very well, Um, at least in my personal opinion. Again, I'm not everybody. I'm not. The typical, I'm probably not even the typical gamer at this point. Like <laughs> I, I said, I don't, I don't play everything. But. Shuffling papers while you said, Who am I really? You know, I'm just, I'm yeah, one of who, you. Who am I'm I just, really? Who am I'm I? just a fucking nerd, you know? <laughs> um, can I go back real quick? Zach, I liked your Walking Dead comparison here. And I, it made me well, really. Well, it's very fitting. It, yeah. It's actually yeah. crazy. I did not plan. Um, I the Walking Dead thing came up for me very recently, not because of The Last of Us, not because of the proximity to The Last of Us. It was just it was COVID like everything got shut down and I was at work or I I was at home for a while, like not not a ton of time, but I had about three weeks off there and not consecutively, but two of them were consecutively. And while I was off, I just I didn't have a lot else to do but play video yeah. games. Hell and yeah. Xbox Game Pass was doing their ultimate deal like oh, for a dollar. Like yeah. it was like, try it for a dollar. And I happened to see that all like the first three seasons of The Walking oh Dead God. were available on the Xbox um, Game Pass. Yum, 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 so I'm yum. like, for a dollar? Hit me and up. I've never played these. And I, and I understand that they're pretty good. And I've played other Telltale games. And I thought that they were fun. Like, why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll go on an interactive movie trip. And it was a lot of fun. I fucking I fell yeah. in love with that series. Aww. And I'm glad that I played it when I did. And I'm glad that I played it before this game, because that game uh, does that game does it right. Yeah, though those games do it right and they finish it right. Yeah. That third season sucks, but that fourth season is awesome. <laughs> I will stand by the last the the, the, the Walking last Dead, the final season. Okay, um, I will stand by that. Every day of the week. I love that game. My worry, because I was trying to think of like, what's a game that does like agency really well, right? And I was thinking of Disco Elysium, as I always am, a game from last year. And my worry is that good examples of player agency in video games are just elaborate choose-your-own-adventure books. And that's really what it's starting to sound like, and that freaks me out. Am I off base here? Because is no. isn't, The Walking Dead's basically a choose-your-own-adventure book, in a sense. Um less so because there are a lot of different endings to choose your own adventure books and there are really only a couple of (laughs) real (laughs) endings simpler it's like that that's the the beauty of the walking dead games to me is that they do have actual set in stone themes like my clementine is going to be different than your clementine but my clementine in my opinion right is my clementine clementine right is the clementine in the sense that it seemed to make the most sense to me. Yeah. I played it 
In the first game, I tried to have Lee um, help her as much as I could, you know, like help her learn how to survive because the reality is that this is, you know, this is our new reality. There's no end in sight to the zombie apocalypse. So Mm -hmm. as an eight year old, then nine year old girl, you are going to have to learn how to shoot a gun. You are going to have Mm -hmm. to learn how to have empathy for people, but at the same time, keep your guard up. And then in that second game, when you reunite with Kenny, you are, uh, it felt the most natural to me to play Clementine as someone whose guard was extremely up. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. she was not very trusting of these people. Um, she she watched as Kenny killed <laughs> that that dude, the, the cult leader, um, you know, like 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 she I, I played it as stone cold bitch as I could because she was a survivalist. Yeah. And then the third season doesn't matter. But the fourth yeah. season, then it finally came. It, it comes full circle because she finds a community and she's able to kind of let her guard back down again and open oh. up. But by that point. It's too late in a way because she's already enforced these lessons onto AJ and AJ has become something that she didn't expect. Okay. And I, I, I I think that thematically all of that works incredibly well. So they, Hmm. but all of those things are, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure it would make sense in different ways to other people. I, yeah. I think it's brilliant that they were able to create a game series where there is so much illusion of agency that in in reality, you pretty much experience it the same way every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about creating an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the illusion of choice. It's not real choice, but okay. that's okay. That's okay. Hmm. I have one more bone to pick with The Last of Us 2. <laughs> And then okay. I'll be done talking about it. Well, first of all, you're going to let a pregnant lady go out on patrol, really? Come on. I know. I know. That was what are we doing? Um, yeah. I'm like, she's so pregnant. She is yeah. super pregnant. <laughs> Her babies are having babies, is what I'm saying. And they're like, yeah, go out and shoot some people. I don't know. Climb up these precarious boats. Go ahead, Mel. You do your thing. <laughs> she's, a, she's a wild card. You know, she, she does her own thing. It's crazy. Um, all the male characters in this game are the exact same personality type. And it really, really mm. started to wear on me towards the end. It's always like kind of paternal, but also kind of flirty, but protective, just like kind of making fun of you, but in a way where it's like loving and then they die. And it's like that exact same character every single time over and over and over for like five male characters. And I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. Get me out. <laughs> They're all Joel. It's freaky. Yeah. What are we doing? That's all I have. Okay. I understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> I liked The Last of Us Part 2, available okay. now on PS4, probably soon to be available on PS5 because the button yeah. prompts are monochromatic, like the PS5 yeah. controller's button prompts. There are not controllers on the face buttons now. And hopefully the loading times will be better on PS5 because I don't like the loading times on the PS4. And hopefully it'll be quieter on the PS5 because my PS4 sounds like it's a cat screaming when I'm playing The Last of Us Part 4. I agree. How did okay? Wait, how did this game run for you guys? Very well. Were you getting getting the whining cats? Were you getting the airplane jet engine? No, 
I, I mean, it bit. definitely was noticeable that the PS4 Pro was ramping up, but like, that's fine. I, I don't know. I was able to put it out. I, I was wearing headphones for most of it because mm. I was playing it on, on a monitor uh, with headphones. So that Dang. was, uh, yeah. My battle station is a PlayStation. <laughs> no, that's not. I mean, I I did. I hooked my PlayStation up to my battle station monitor. Hey, Reddit, check out my battle station. That's oh, right. Battle it's a PlayStation 4 Pro hooked up to a high refresh rate monitor. I like your battle station. Have some that brand gold that it can't take advantage of. <laughs> Happy cake day. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is the cake thing? Can someone explain that to me? I don't understand it at all. Is this a cake? <laughs> hey, the cake is a lie. Hey, Michael. Yes. Hi. Uh, uh, if you're worried, I played it on a normal PlayStation 4 and it ran very well and looked very good. Okay, now I'm just curious because there's still this, this, yeah, the this generational thing. fatigue. Well, it's just anxiety. it seems silly in the that that there there are games being released that don't work on the current gen in ways, and I was well, they're, they're Last pushing of Us it. Was one of them. They're pushing it to its absolute maximum. That's the thing. It it's, ran it's like I had no issues whatsoever. Okay. I mean, I had some glitches and stuff, but that's because my I have ghosts and all of my PlayStations for some reason. <laughs> right, right, Great games. right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was fine. Old Man Jenkins uh, never I'm got going to, to make you clip his, through his the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it was fine. How much as they throw this pot off a shelf? No! The chairs no. are stacking themselves. <laughs> Help! Uh, I'm just, I was just kind of curious because it seems like there have been a couple other larger high profile games that don't work on the gen they're marketed towards. Hell yeah. It seems maybe Minecraft some, some studios are mm. getting ahead of themselves, but I, do worry I mean, about I, I certainly would not describe this game as not working. Like it okay. works perfectly okay. fine. Yeah. Yes. I'm just I curious. Agree. Just curious. It looks good. This game. Hmm. You can um, really see the uh, the interns' tears when the rain falls. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's so crazy how many unique houses there are in this game. There didn't need to be this many unique houses to go through. <laughs> Apparently there did. Like, think of all the man hours. That's all I could think of. It wasn't like, yeah. look at the splendor. Look at this art. Mm-hmm. It was just like somebody had to model this bespoke microwave that no one else has and <laughs> put like grass growing in it or whatever is happening <sighs> it's called mold tucker whatever it's no it's mold. like the that's another thing what <laughs> you go to these rooms that have been sealed off for like 40 years and then there's just like zombie people going like <laughs> like what are they eating what's going on here they're not eating they're not eating anything they're zombies huh. what, what do they have to eat that is the great <laughs> <laughs> are you a zombie scientist Zach? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, after playing through both The Walking Dead and both Ooh, parts sure. of The Last of Us, sure. I am. Uh, I'm officially a zombie scientist. I'm a video game zombie expert. Okay. Does this okay. mean we're done with zombies for a while? Dying Light Two coming soon. Oh yeah. Actually, I thought they yeah. canceled Dying Light Two, or postponed it. Just the guy who was writing it. <laughs> Got canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> the game is fine. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Dying Ouch. Light uh, 1 DLC coming soon. Uh, oh, huh. thank you. Parkour with my zombies, please. <sighs> no thanks. Yeah, should... hopefully, hopefully, especially, and even after a game like Days Gone, um, yep. hopefully the zombie God, trend Days is over gone. for a while. Mm. 
Yeah, I know. I forgot Days Gone even happened until Jesus. just now. What are Rainbow we Six Quarantine coming soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. COVID-19. Well, that's the other thing. Like, the zombie train, I mean, they already had Last of Us 2 in the can. So, like, yeah. they had to put it out there and make that money. But, I mean, the idea of making a game based around a like an, an infection <laughs> slash yeah. plague. I don't yeah. think that that is exactly a sensitive thing to do at the moment. No, didn't feel great. Didn't feel great. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. standing so close to each other. Mm-hmm. Really no masks. Right. Well, there's no some masks. masks. Oh, good. Okay. You have to go find That's true. A mask. There are some, hmm. but you, you know, so you don't breathe in them spores. Yeah. Oh, really. Zach, have well, you played the superior zombie video game that's a PS4 exclusive and takes place in the Pacific Northwest starring Sam Witwer? Days Gone? Days Gone? Absolutely not. Nope. Not <laughs> even was that. I did, I did watch the game sings on Days Gone, and that's oh, all I needed to know. There you go. That's I enjoyed I platinuming it. From now on, if there's a game that's coming out that I'm mildly interested in, I'm just going to watch the Game Sins video on it. And oh, Zach, that, that's like watching be... Cinema Sins and being like, Walt saw the movie, it sucked. Yeah, except that <laughs> I, I don't actually intend on that. watching. I, I don't watch. I don't watch Cinema Sins at all. I just uh, watch ding. Game Sins. Smart. We're yeah. going to subtract two sins for Zach not having seen the channel. Nice. <laughs> Well, actually, Guys. the time logic in Avengers uh, Endgame doesn't really See, make sense. So. You are speaking from a position of knowledge, Christian. Don't even play this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guys, we're an hour and a half into this podcast. How would you like to structure the remaining, let's say, maybe half an hour? Michael hasn't well, really talked at all during this podcast. I mean, maybe I don't we really get have Michael some to time. say. Oh, there's plenty to say because oh, Zach has to ask us questions about Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Zach Ooh, does have to ask I'm, us questions about Final Fantasy. What the fuck is that supposed leaves. to mean? Why, what, what, what questions am I supposed to ask you about Final Fantasy fourteen? Leaves are bespoke quests you get from my leaveman, Zach. <laughs> Michael okay. can explain the fates. Here's uh, what yes, I think. I'm, here's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to leave. Zach, <laughs> <laughs> come back. Don't leave me. <laughs> because you Don't guys can definitely here. talk about your regularly scheduled programming. I I, I was just I really wanted just to, here to uh, I was asked to talk about The Last of Us, so yes. I'm here and I did. We're glad you did. Uh, hopefully you guys got something out of it and hopefully the listeners got something out of it. Do you think okay. in five years there's a re-release of both The Last of Us One and Two where they title The Last of Us One as The Last of Us Part One? That's a good question. Hmm. Um, Does it include maybe, the DLC? Do we have a New Hope kind of situation here? Left Behind. <laughs> yeah, Left Left Behind is going to be part of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see like a PS5 um, collection. I can mm. see it. Sucks. Of every game you've ever played, it's coming. Oh, yeah. Open up the garbage chute because here comes the Jack and Daxter trilogy again. Now available in PlayStation Now. Oh. <laughs> no, but for real, you guys can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, Zach, we love you. I know. I love you guys, too. Oh. We, we, we did our thing. Our and time is done. I, I, I got to go eat. So. Okay. 
<laughs> that's very fair. Thank you for not eating into the microphone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I was told Tucker doesn't like people eating into microphones. No, so it's I great audio. It's great radio. It's people it. eating I, into their microphone. I, I know. It was the number one rule from uh, what I learned in my professional broadcasting career. Eating into microphones is supposedly the best thing ever, but you you just didn't like it. So Can you imagine tuning into the radio and somebody's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Here's chain smokers. I'm eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> most good, good soup. <laughs> saltine crackers. I have a stack of saltine crackers, and I'm just gonna eat them. Ooh, they gum up the works. Saltine crackers, Zach. I know they do. Thank All you. Right. Good night. <laughs> good night, Zach. Good night, Zach. Boy, that's Zach. Wow. Whew. I miss him. Yikes. Oh. Well, anyway. Oh, I shall eat this saltine into the microphone in his honor. Michael, explain every system in Final Fantasy 14 for me, please. <laughs> um, you press one and then sometimes okay. you press four to poison okay. them. And then and then when you're feeling really salty, you hit control one mm. and you get the, the bigger number that comes mm. out when you do the thing. Mm. I don't know if I fully understand all the systems in this game. Yeah. I feel like there's like a whole, 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 like I haven't even touched the, the trades or anything like that. And I feel like that's oh, a geez. whole thing in and of itself. Good. Get ready, man. <laughs> oh, Christian yeah. explained it very well to me and I still don't understand it because I'm stupid and also it doesn't make any sense is why. Mm, mm. And then, Michael, <laughs> the thing they don't tell you is mm-hmm. that Christian had to explain to me is that if you sit there and you make linen robes, you're an idiot because what you're supposed to do, Michael, is you're supposed to make a really nice linen robe. And then when your company man is like, I need a linen robe, then you're supposed to give him your high quality linen mm-hmm. robe because then you get twice as much experience points. And then you go up like five levels at once instead of having to make like 400 linen robes to get to level 27. That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So it's an MMO RPG, right? Yeah. It's it's like it's like it's not like other MMOs though, in that it's like got like it's like system on system on. I don't know if it was like that when it came out. This is not how World of Warcraft operates. Okay, <laughs> not at all. I'm trying to think if there's a there's a. It's like a Eve Online, but you're an elf. I don't. I wouldn't say it's that far. I mean, we're not. We're it's not like popping up spreadsheets here. Okay, fine. We All don't right. have like. We're not like trading things while the price is high and and. You know when they crack the enigma dollars. What's up? When they crack the enigma or whatever, and then they mm-hmm. made that movie. Yep. Yep. It's yep. like that, but it's a video game. Michael, what have you been playing? Uh, well, we've been talking about the thing that I guess I've been playing no, for the most no, part. No, you played something else, but I don't remember what it is, but you did. I'm looking at your picture right now. You, you, what? Zach, the glue that holds us all together, you guys. Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> what's, what's the other thing? What you played I? something else, but I don't know what it is. Did I? know I? you did. In your, in my brain, I know that you did play something else. Uh, I, I, I can't think of anything. Holy crap, I can't either. Um Minecraft time sinks, but outside of that, no, oh, yeah, maybe pretty... it was just Minecraft. Unless we're talking Yakuza. Yes. <gasps> Hit me. 
uh, I'm still halfway through the game because I stopped because someone convinced me that my time is better spent on this this other Japanese video game where you play as cat people and press one a bunch. That person was right. <laughs> Honestly, that person was kind of right. It was, it was kind of a good time. It's so relaxing. Oh. But do you know what else is a good time? What? Yakuza Zero. <laughs> Karaoke. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk crazy systems and stuff like that, they're oh, I suppose the mini games and that are 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 nuts. It's not, and I expected it to be more like like the karaoke thing, where it's just like a small, easy like like you're there for maybe a minute and a half, where you go through this clip of this this random sailor man. Yeah, but then there's like managing a housing portfolio and and (laughs) managing a club Hmm. how do you get your girls in this club Hmm. expressing the right personalities for the people Hmm. in your club to get that sweet sweet paycheck at the end of the day i don't like that michael wow (laughs) (laughs) uh the rock paper scissors cat fight game you're also saying these words, Michael. Paycheck. I, I don't think I like these games <laughs> in concept. You know, uh, they're. I think the real estate one's kind of fun. I feel a little <laughs> grody about the other two, but it's, the real estate one's fun. And then you get this, really good at bowling, and, no. and when you get really good at bowling, you get a chicken. You get to put the chicken in charge of, See, of managing. This is estate. the perfect example. Is when people talk about these games, they always say these things like that. Say that thing you just said again. Um, uh, um, there's the part where you you see the statue, the, the human statue. This isn't what you to said. Pee, but okay. in order to do so, he has to be able to get people to look away from him. Otherwise, okay. the illusion of the human statue is broken. So okay. he needs you to 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 do to like sing karaoke and stuff, so he can sneak away to the nearby uh, convenience store and, and and just let it go. So people say stuff like that, Michael. And then there's like this unspoken second half of that where it's like, and so this is a good game. And that doesn't translate to me at all. It sounds like you're (laughs) talking about nonsense. It sounds like. Yeah. I I don't get it. It doesn't connect in my brain. Okay. Okay. So bear in mind, some of this is coming from me going into the internet and trying to process this game as well. I think there is an interesting relationship between these goofy things that people kind of point to because they're so absurd, especially within the context of this other thing that's kind of worth bringing up is that is this more grounded narrative, this more grounded uh, crime story, trying to do the serious parts of GTA kind of thing. Um, And the reason is, is that it's kind of a vehicle that the goofier stuff is kind of a vehicle for allowing you to sort of characterize hmm. the people you're getting involved with in the in the main plot so like when you have kiryu uh, who's the main character in Mikuza, and or you have majima who is only playable in yakuza zero i believe um but is a major character later in the series when you have them having these interactions where instead you're trying to buy a rated m game for a kid because his dad won't but then someone keeps stealing the game and eventually it's his dad 
or where you're pretending to be this one uh, student's uh, boyfriend so she can impress her dad and get her dad off her back. It offers you kind of these chances to rather than experience the character as this overblown machismo masculine gangster archetype you're seeing them more in these these more intimate human settings and that helps kind of influence maybe your perception of them going into the more crazier crime stuff where you're like ripping off your shirt and so people can see your back tattoo and then you're getting into these dramatic shows of of force where this guy over here is like the yakuza are men of honor and this one's like the yakuza are a vehicle for money or something and and you're having these clashing personalities and stuff the reason i think some of those clashing personalities work from your angle is because with kiryu and in the case of yakuza yakuza zero with majima you've had a chance to kind of also experience them in these more intimate more personal and more everyday kind of situations if that makes sense. So I think these goofy vehicles offer you a way to kind of have fun with the character while still getting a sense as to who they are outside of this conflict within the Yakuza. Yeah, I guess I get that. I get what you're saying. I think it makes sense. It's just it doesn't sound fun to me from like a game perspective. It's like it's a fun cutscene happens. And it's like, OK, yeah. cool. well, like I own a cut a chicken. And it's like, OK, but. It's not a fun game well, to me in my brain. I think the other thing is I think people kind of talk up when things get that wild. Like the entire series is wild. It's goofy. Yeah. There's there's dumb things happening all the time. But it's not like every other cutscene is you giving a, a, a management of a, a rental property to a chicken. Like it, oh. it, it doesn't exceed, get to that level as much, at least in my experience. Yeah. There's that's like what goofy. You hear about. Yeah, that is what you hear about because I think yeah. people are like, "Oh my god!" I gotta talk. It's about like this. it's like a, a a gangster movie, but but like goofy. I'm teaching a BDSM <laughs> lady how yeah. to do BDSM, which oh. in and of itself, when you actually do that, is more just like a, a ten minute side quest yeah. where you're just kind of giving your word prompts and stuff. But at the same time, is also one of those places where okay. You know, your character is the kind of person who wants to help uh, <laughs> a random BDSM club owner be able to do their job and be able to do what they want to do. Yeah. I get you. Like I it works. I, it. I think it works better once you actually experience it because, yeah, I think on the outside in, it just looks like this goofy nonsense craziness. And in a lot of ways, it's very goofy. Yeah. But I don't think it's quite as like breakneck as people kind of make it out to be. I don't think it's like you're shooting from one to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other immediately. Yeah. Instead, it's it builds up to some of these things. Some of the side quests are obviously going to be goofy. Some of these moments where you're like talking with with a character who's named the walking erection. Hmm. It's like, it's silly. Yeah. But it's not all that is there, even in those kind of more insane things people like to say is like, oh my God, this or that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it kind of reminds me of like when people play Animal Crossing and then their villager says something cute and then they take a picture of it and post it on the Internet. It's yeah. like, no, that that's the game. You're supposed to play that. But then all it is is people just, you know, saying the crazy thing that happens. And it's like, oh, well, OK, well, now I don't want to play it because I know that you own a chicken. And it's like, OK, I don't want to yeah. experience that myself. It's cute that that happens, but it's not like it's yeah. drawing me in where I want to do that. Yeah. Well, that's I don't want to chicken. Yeah, I guess that's. 
I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. I guess, Christian, I, you've played way more of this than I have. You're already at the third game. What what are you, what's your kind of thoughts on that stuff? I think that the main reason why when someone talks about Yakuza, you hear about the karaoke, you hear about spending three hours playing bowling instead of actually playing the video game. You hear about managing real estate. You hear about min-maxing women in a cabaret club. <laughs> I love to do more than anything. You don't. <laughs> and I feel like you hear about that or the wacky side quests, the wacky story substance of the side quests. And I think that's because that's what sets Yakuza apart. And hmm. the bulk of the game itself, like the bulk of the actual bread and butter story content of the video game is a beat-em-up, a button-mashing beat-em-up where you hit guys over and over and over and over and you pick up an environment piece and then you whack it with them over and over and over and over and you unlock moves you will get in yakuza zero money in order to unlock new skills that let you do slightly different things but in yakuza zero especially you find out the combo that breaks everything and you just do that combo over and over and over and then yakuza kiwami one you've got the same engine you've got a lot of running around the city a lot of running in a straight line, holding the analog stick in a direction, maybe moving the right stick a couple times in order to change your trajectory, watching a cutscene, beating <laughs> up a bunch of dudes. You can do that okay. again. But in Kwame 1, after you've spent, you know, 60 hours beating up people in this engine over and over, you got to spend 20 more hours in Kwame 1 doing it again, except yeah. they fixed the broken combos. So you just might as well do the same square square triangle combo over and over and over Hell and yeah. over again. And it takes longer as a result. And all of the animations are largely the same. So there isn't that kind of pizzazz and freshness that came with zero. And it, for me, it kind of wore out. It's welcome that beat them up hmm. stuff. Once I started getting to our, you know, 50, 60, I was Christ. like, you know, I'm seeing these animations again and the enemies yeah. just have bigger health bars and I'm just arbitrarily melting them because I know the win everything combo. And I guess I'll just not do the win everything combo here for a little bit, but now I'm fighting a boss who just blocks everything else. So I'm going to do the win combo and then yeah. move on. So that's hmm. what it is. It's a beat em up yeah. with a yeah. fun uh, in Yakuza zero, especially very fun drama. There's a lot of yeah. fun uh, anime-esque weight and heft to a lot of the mm-hmm. actions that are taking place, which I enjoyed. Hmm. Would someone be served by just watching all the cutscenes then? Oh, uh, probably, yeah. Hmm. I think I think there's hmm. definitely something to be gained in that like those first 20, 30 hours that I was playing Yakuza, I was just devouring it. I loved the yeah. combat. I love smacking those dudes and hitting that triangle button and hearing that ching noise and then watch yeah. them just drop kick someone in the face and watch blood squirt out of their face and watch money go flying everywhere. And then at the end of the day, they're fine and they're just like, oh, I'm sorry, you can have my money. Yeah. Despite the fact that you just basically bludgeoned them and they should not be walking anymore. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I hear you. Me gusta. If yeah. you like bowling mini games. Or yeah. darts mini games, mm. or golfing mini games, or karaoke mm. mini games, Mm-mm. or uh, real estate min maxing meta games. Mm. <laughs> I love then real estate. There's but more I think, to keep you enticed. Right. But I think some of that stuff works on its own, right? Though, from like a world building perspective, I think they work from a character yeah. perspective in their own ways. Like you have, a, you have someone who, I guess, canonically would go and spend a day playing bowling mini games or mm-hmm. or trying to to go batting down at the batting cages or something and it also colors the environment a bit like we know we're in 
this colorful place where you can go play old Sega games and then go bet on cat fights. This or... is Shenmue. <laughs> this is Shenmue. Gosh darn it. You can't drive uh, a forklift though. I'm sorry. Uh, I just I time. think there's I think there's a value to it and it's it colors it in a way that that does I think give it a, a charm. Because otherwise once you strip that stuff away, it is just kind of a a beat em up and not a very even really complicated beat em up. I think I spend most hmm. of my time just smashing four with the occasional triangle. Hmm. Or sometimes okay a circle if I'm getting saucy and want to be like breakdance fighting. Head, yeah, the breakdance stuff like that's a lot of fun too. I think I, I don't know how much variety there is in later series, but I think there is some variety, especially with the especially with the Majima stuff and Yakuza Zero. Mm-hmm. I just had like a mind break because I feel like there was a like a podcast from a year and a half ago where we were like, and the breakdance fighting is kind of cool. Because Michael, how, when did you start this game? I feel oh, like I don't it know. was there's, years there's, ago. I have a save file from a year ago or, or a okay. year and a half ago. Okay. And then I put it on hold because of life. And now sure. we're back. But this time I'm a lot farther along. And then I just haven't played it in a while because... Someone Life. keeps inviting me to play something. We gotta else. do a feat. We gotta do a feat. We gotta go, we gotta go, do go, a go feat. to the next go to the next dungeon. Get the yeah, farther dungeon. The story. I have social anxiety and I don't want to do the dungeon except with people who won't yell at me, except we have to have one person who will yell at me, and sometimes they do. Michael. Have they yelled at us? No. They seem like they've been pretty well behaved. Sometimes they might though. You never know. Oh, I like to admit, yeah. Yeah. I feel really bad at the, that at my assigned role in the meta game, and I, I feel like I'm probably being cursed out behind a microphone or something somewhere. But. Oh, they don't care. You're doing fine, Michael. You're shooting the arrows. You're saying, aha, you're poisoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aha, now you're slowed. Aha, control eight. Ooh, Ooh. wind poison. Mm-hmm. Ooh, dang. Have you found yourself in a situation, Michael, where people have gotten mad at you in your play? <laughs> no. That's good. Not yet. I'm I'm waiting for it. That's good. There was a time I think when the, the person was mad, but they just weren't expressing it. Yeah. At me. <laughs> it's at almost me. worse. At yeah. you? Oh yeah. no. They wanted a, a swift cast res, and I did not have that ability ready. <laughs> oh no. And things were going poorly. But then uh waifu trash had it ready to go, and <gasps> yes. it was all good to go. Yes. Hmm. Good game. Yeah, pretty good time. Um, Christian, I know you've played 800 games. Um, can you squash that into like a 10 or 15 minute section, do you think? Uh, okay. Played Streets of Rage 4, found it enjoyable. Lots of cute callbacks to the first three video games, which made me feel at least somewhat justified in spending the three hours playing the first three in order to spend three hours playing the fourth. Oh, can I ask you a question? Yep. I played the first level. Is it just that? Yep. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's okay. It's a video game from a different time. I guess so. I hate the art style. Yeah, That's yeah. a story. Yeah. It's like the the hand run thing. It, it's it like, just it but, doesn't look like anime. It looks like uh like Twitter. I'm an artist on Twitter. Oh, there you go. In my mentions, something something. I don't know. It wasn't working for me. But yeah. Yeah, Streets of Rage 4 available now on Game Pass for Xbox One. Mm. I was played through four Paper Mario games since we last convened. Well, I was I was like uh, first quarter done of Thousand Year Door in the GameCube when we last convened. Ooh. So I put the finishing stab into that. Also played through Super Paper Mario on the Wii. Played through Paper Mario Sticker Star on the 3DS and played through 
the most recent standalone entry until a couple more days pass, and that's Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U. And uh, really enjoyed Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Uh, it's basically a better polished version of the N64 original, which kind of caught me off guard because no one really talks about the N64 original in my experience, and everyone talks about the GameCube sequel in my experience. Yes. And I think there's there's kind of a reason for that. There's actual paper abilities in Thousand Year Door. There's a lot of great humor in the Thousand Year okay. Door because the paper element is basically non-existent in the N64 original other than the fact that the sprites are flat because they wanted to make the N64 look cool, I guess. It did. Yeah, and it I did. I like that first game. Leave totally. Alone, Me too. I do as well. Really enjoyed it. Uh, but in Thousand Year Door, the GameCube sequel, you actually get some yeah. paper abilities. You can turn into a paper plane. You can turn into a paper boat. You can like flatten yourself in order to get into tight spaces. You know, you can roll up into a little paper roll in order to go a little faster. A lot of great companions in Thousand Year Door. A lot of great humor. Your first companion is a female Goomba, and the first enemies you run into are a bunch of regular Goombas. And they're like, "Oh, hey, Missy." Uh, how about you how about you take a look at us over here huh and then she's mm. like hi oh, hey you guys so you bonk them all and then there's like this seductive mouse character mm. that's always wearing a mask and then it's like mm. always flirting with mario whenever mario shows up she's like a debonair uh she looks a lot like uh on in persona 5 she's got like the same red face mask <laughs> yeah she's like well now that's hey. a comparison i can get into yeah she's like hey mustache man i've already raided this treasure trove but i might have left something behind for you wink wink poop mm-hmm. really enjoyable fun time good okay. one and then there's super paper mario on the wii the first kind of controversial entry because uh thousand year door is very much a continuation of that n64 original super paper mario is a 2d platformer that is not a turn-based rpg the way the first two mm-hmm. were and so what's going on what are you guys doing intelligent <laughs> systems and hey, no. I can understand why a lot of people didn't like that very much. And it's it's weird. There's a weird culture shock to it because they're using a lot of the same sound effects as they did mm. in the GameCube original. And so there's a lot of, you know, it seems like they want there to be more of a thread there than there really is. Yeah. And you also level up for some reason in Super Paper Mario. Like when you bounce on enough enemies and kill them, you level up and you get like more health or you do like more damage, I think. But it doesn't really matter in the long term because you can just tank whatever and you still get items like in a turn-based rpg items make sense you know you get an item that damages all the enemies because you don't have enough whatever points to actually use a magic ability in order to damage everyone here you get abilities to damage everyone but you gotta like kind of aim them and they don't work right and so why do you even use them your inventory just gets clogged up with them i didn't have to use a single one throughout the entirety of the video game got through it just fine it also feels kind of bare in the beginning the setting is very yeah. different so thousand year door you start out in this like really cool port town and then you go to a bunch of very different weird locales and super Paper mario is more abstract you go to like this void and it feels sterile and kind of empty in a way that i don't feel like they intended but it doesn't feel quite right but what i do really like about super Paper mario are the character interactions freaking phenomenal there are not a ton of characters in this video game it's probably there's like uh four or five recurring villains and i think that's where the strong suit is those guys are all great you also go to a castle, uh, this one lizard anime, Weeb Lord's castle. And he's like talking about how much he loves video games and about how he's got like the vintage manga that he's got like framed and cellophane wrapped up on the up on the up on his whatever shelf. They, 
they went to my castle. Exactly. Slides glasses up nose. Ooh. <laughs> no. It's great. So Shut well written. Down. And one of the and a part of his boss fight is like a faux dating simulator conversation thing that he has with Peach <laughs> because you have to use Peach in order to get into his room in order to fight him. But then he's like, "Oh my gosh, pretty girl!" And then he like he like you see him scrolling through his menu of choices, and he's like, "Uh, uh flirt." And then he chooses flirt, and then he says something clumsy, and then it's great. Very good. Jeez. Um, but also the villain interactions, like phenomenal. This, the villains all have very satisfying arcs, which is something that is pretty rare in the Paper Mario games because they're pretty story thin. Yeah. But great in Super Paper Mario. So the 2D platforming stuff, eh, the puzzle solving yeah. stuff, because you can flip into 3D in addition to mm. 2D in Super Paper Mario. Would, would, would Fez exist without Super Paper Mario? I don't Whoa. know. Whoa. I don't know, would it? Ooh. Probably. Ooh. But yeah, that's that's Super Paper Mario for you. I think character interactions, best in the franchise. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, probably my favorite in the franchise. But mm-hmm. that's despite some of its faults. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. You got some you got some weak stuff there, like uh the turn-based combat over and over and over, a lot of turn-based yeah. battles, but you are getting XP while you do it, so there's a purpose mm-hmm. to all of it. That ties into Paper Mario Sticker Star on the 3DS. This is where everyone turned on the Paper Mario franchise. They're like, what did you do with my baby? <laughs> turned on it. Huh? Huh? Sure. Okay, yeah. Because okay. the Super Paper Mario, the fa- phenomenal character interactions, and you know, it's got a neat conceit where you can yeah. flip in 2D and 3D. You know, it's like, okay, I guess you guys had an excuse to make this video game. And then you come up with Paper Mario Sticker Star on the 3DS. And I believe uh, Miyamoto, I think, came along to Intelligent Systems. And they're like, hey, we're making up another Paper Mario game, Miyamoto-san. And Miyamoto-san was like, don't put non-Mario things in your Paper Mario game. I say, no, hmm. make it a Mario video game. And so gone are all the crazy, wacky, babam characters. Oh, really? And Russian Babam Fortress that's in Thousand Year Door and weird little squeaky things that are in uh, Thousand Year Door and a bunch of the different like new races of characters and stuff like that. All the wacky stuff gone hmm. in Paper Mario Sticker Start. In their place are a bunch of Toads, Goombas, Koopas, all your typical stuff. Bowser is once again the villain, which he was yes. not in Super Paper Mario or the Thousand Year Door. You had new factions as the villains. But now he's back and he just arbitrarily steals a star and you have to you have to get it back. Yay. Fun. And so the problem with Paper Mario Sticker Star is primarily the battle system. Not good. Hmm. You have to use stickers in order to perform a move. It's still turn based, but there's no leveling up. There's no progression in that sense. And you find stickers absolutely all over the world. So all of these coins that you accumulate in battles, which is the only thing you get out of battles, are pretty much useless because you can get all your stickers pretty much anywhere else. And your sticker book is very finite and it's stressful and you got to keep on keeping it up and you get bigger or smaller stickers. So you got to like organize your sticker book all the time and that's a pain in the butt. And then there's like this vaguely adventure, point and click adventure type stuff where you find things out Mm. in the world and you got to use those. Those turn into cards and you got to use those in certain situations and you don't know what you're supposed to use where. So it gets about as frustrating and hair pulling as some of those earlier point and click adventure games in this video game that's supposed to be a kid's video game. I don't understand. Why did you guys do that? Not good. Not fun. Hair pulling. Frustrating. And in addition, all these battles don't really matter. And so you're just questioning your existence until you finally finish that video game and can move on to Paper Mario Color Splash, which is largely the same conceit, but 
probably my second favorite Paper Mario game of the bunch. Wow. Really, really liked Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U. Unfortunately, it is okay. still stranded on that platform, but yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, they basically, it's almost like they took a bulleted list of a bunch of things that people complain about. Paper Mario Sticker Star. They're like, okay, I'll fix that. Okay, we'll fix that. Okay, we got Joe backs. We'll fix that. Yeah. So yeah. stickers are gone. You now have cards, but the cards aren't a variable size. You have a deck limit but like one mm. very powerful card is takes mm. up one slot just like one very weak card takes up yeah. one slot unlike mm. sticker star where very powerful cards would take up like or very powerful stickers would take up like five sticker spots and be like well do i really want this and i could just use five stickers whatever so took care of that problem also the writing in sticker in color splash is like what i would imagine the ideal video game writing would be it is chock full <laughs> of jokes callbacks references and it's largely vapid you're yeah. just you know you're flailing around and trying to stop a bowser who has black paint whatever but the toads that you meet along the way just so good so yeah. good they're freaking funny man <laughs> they are hilarious it's like 90 percent of the conversations have like something substantive in them that will make me exhale through my nose thank you <laughs> That's all I needed to keep me powering through the variety of locales also in Color Splash. Because in Sticker Star, it's pretty linear. You got your forest. You got your spooky forest, blue forest. That's a maze. You got your desert. You got your ice world. You got your lava world. In Color Splash, you get a little more variety. And you're going all around this map. And you're doing a lot of things in tandem and simultaneously. And that keeps you fulfilled with freshness. It keeps keeps things fresh. Hmm. keeps you bouncing between a bunch of different things. In order to not make it feel like that rote repetition that you're slapped with in Sticker Star over and over and over. Hmm. It's exhausting. And yep. also Color Splash gives you a little extra incentive for actually doing the battles in the sense that you get these little tokens that let you increase your maximum paint capacity. Because you need paint to color in a bunch of uh, colorless spots. And you need paint to mm-hmm. color your cards in order to use them in battle. Mm-hmm. So increasing your maximum will incentivize you to actually take part in those battles. Because you can actually level something up by killing things. Which you cannot do what? in Paper Mario and Sticker Star. So intelligent systems have proved themselves. And I'm curious to see what they do with the king mm-hmm. of Origami. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's a whirlwind tour of the Paper Mario franchise post Paper Mario on the N64. There really wasn't one between Color Splash and now? Nope. There was a uh, 3DS. There's a 3DS tie-in type deal. There's a Mario and Luigi game called Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which is a Mario and Luigi game that they just threw Paper Mario into. (laughs) Hmm. I like where you're drawing the lines on this. I respect that. Yes. It's not a true game. It is Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. It is not Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi Jam. It is a Mario and Luigi video game. I can justify my existence. Yes. This sucks. (laughs) What are we doing? Semantics. That's how I persist these days. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's talk about loops. Paper Mario. Yeah, I don't remember anything about Paper Mario Color Splash, but I'm, li- I'm glad you liked it, Christian. I, yeah, I have you to thank for rattling its bell all the way back. When you talk about loops, you like smack stuff with your hammer and then color go on it, right? Is yeah. That how it works? Yeah. Okay, sure. Fun game. Yeah. Did thank you, you. want to talk? 
Of course, Christian. Did you want to talk about Trackmania quick? Sure. Any thoughts? Any strong thoughts on Trackmania? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a Trackmania people are playing, so I guess that's what makes it good. The track of the day today is very good. Ooh, okay. It's pod racing. Is that how you've been interacting with Trackmania? Is popping in a little bit each day and getting your Yes. Fix? Which is really interesting to me because I've never played a game like that, I guess, in that specific way where it's like here's a little bit of content and then i just play it for 10 minutes and then i'm done for the day does it feel all right liberating it does it feels good i can get that gold medal for 10 minutes a day that's perfect i'm fine with that yeah it's a good 10 minutes and i'm done nothing enticing you to spring that 30 bucks no 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 they don't want to go clubbing no they really need to build that out some you it's, don't want to customize your car? <laughs> no, it, it looks so ugly, though. That default paint job is like, yeah. what are we doing? American. Flag. Well, I guess because we're American. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. with it. Pick a better country, pleb. <sighs> I suppose. Uh, it's just the tracks of the day have been really interesting, and they've been getting more interesting, I think, as people have more time to Ooh. create tracks. Um, for people at home, Trackmania is a racing game, something, something. But anyway, what they're doing is games as a service. They're taking a community made track each day and they're putting it as the track of the day and then everybody posts their time and then they cut it off at the end. You can go back and play it, but they say these are the top five people Mm -hmm. today for this track of the day and that's it. And it's locked in forever. And I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'll never be one of those people. Guarantee they have enough tracks for that. Oh, people are making, there's like servers with like 50 custom tracks on day one. People are crazy. I don't know. Hmm. People like track media. I think good for them. French people? The French people love track mania. Lay track mania, as they say. Lay last of lay dead. Ooh. Ooh. Bonjour. Do you think the last of us two plays in other countries? Because I heard Japan mm. hated the last of really? us. Really? Yeah, it did not sell well over there there's a lot of i noticed a trend of female violence against females in uh or violence against women in yakuza kiwami one and kiwami two because kiwami one ends with a dad striking like his daughter and then kiwami two begins with like a man striking like this stranger woman in order to knock sense into her i was like hmm is this Hmm. japan Is this what a hemisphere will do to you? It's hard to say. I've never um, been. Michael can answer. <laughs> uh, no, I, I no. Nope. Um, I'm not I'm not touching this with a 20 foot pole. <laughs> I was just gonna suggest that maybe The Last of Us doesn't play well because it sounds like it's aping off of very American cultural touch points, but I don't know. Like revenge. Well, like revenge, but it's like it seems kind of western in a way. It's like know. uh lone wolf and cub but the lone wolf dies and then the cub is terrible and it's like oh uh, well i mean that's what would happen if 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 the lone wolf dies and the lone mm. wolf cub. see japan you idiots what are you doing <laughs> hyper dimension neptunia is out i know but there's this other game you could play uh is pitiful. last of us two to japan what death stranding oh. is to the u.s a bad game hmm I don't think so. We don't understand because we need violence. 
I don't think anybody understands Death Stranding. There is so it's so weird. It's so weird how all these PlayStation games are coming out on PC now. And you go into those rack paper shotgun comment yeah. sections, and everybody's like, "Oh man, I can't wait to play Death Stranding." Isn't that it's weird? Like, Dude, you have no idea what you're in for. Yeah. They're like, oh, I finally, people get to play my favorite game, Death Stranding. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> where am I? Or like Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, yeah. dude, you've played open world games since then. It's not like it's going to blow your mind. Like it's it's an okay game. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I've known one or two people who have been like excited by the prospect of being able to play Horizon Zero Dawn, previously a PlayStation 4 exclusive. I know, but they don't know that it, it is what it is, I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's an expectation, I guess. Like, look, it's it's Assassin's Creed, but robot dinosaurs and people are like, okay, as long as the story is good. Mm-hmm. Not to tie all of these aspects of this conversation mm-hmm. together, but when I heard on the bombcast that Ghost of Tsushima is just Far Cry with ninjas, I was yes. like, oh, my God, no. Oh, I need it. It was like all <laughs> the interest just flew out the window as soon as they Is that it. what they're saying about it? That's what it is, man. Yes. I don't know, because that's not the impression. Like, what I've gotten is just that it's... It's like God of War. <gasps> okay. Right? No, that was my impression. It was like it was the new yeah. God of War, but like yeah, you Samurai Like that, but maybe a little more... A little less your, your brawly god type punching... Yeah. Zeus in the face, and instead yeah, you're sneak. like... Yeah, like you're, you're like a little bit of sneakiness, a little bit of like Tenchu. change your stance and be Ooh. able to skillfully take these guys out rather than just club through them like some kind of god. But right. But instead, Michael, it's like that thing where they're like in Far Cry, you can use stealth to take over this enemy yes. stronghold. It's like, oh, no. Yes. Mm. At least it told? looks good visually, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Did Sucker Punch I, have any of the like weird working working conditions things? I don't know. It's a foregone conclusion at this. I'm point. looking. I'm right. looking for a silver lining here. If the silver lining is that people went to a job and got paid for it and went home, I feel like that we society's broken, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I, guess I got that, paid to do a a job. Isn't this great? Isn't this progressive? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. My boss didn't make a pass at me, and then I was included <laughs> to the curb because I didn't meet a deadline and work 80 hours that week. Yay! My marriage survived this game's development. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I only had to sleep in the office one time. <laughs> God. Sucks. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Sushima. I know you are. I saw that first trailer, and I was like, this looks like new Assassin's Creed. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it sells in Japan is my final question. Ooh. No. I've been hearing a lot about how Japanese lip syncing is yes. consistent. Yeah. Is br- is, yes. That's yes. unfortunate. It looks watched. terrible. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and then people are saying things like the, the, there are differences between the Japanese and what the subtitles are saying at the oh. bottom. And it's interesting. Mm. That's mm. anything though. That happens mm. all the time. I mean, Assassin's Creed was not. Yeah. The Italian was not the Italian you were reading. Assassino. Assassino. Yeah. Uh, I expect that at a certain point, I guess. But I guess, yeah. But it's. Hey, on the Criterion yeah, Collection version of Throne of Blood, you have a selection of two sets of subtitles. 
which are supposedly very different. Hmm. Interesting. Ooh. How, how fun. <laughs> Play this, the game twice. Like, once yeah, with Japanese like, dialogue and once with English dialogue to get the full story. No skipping cutscenes. Play with Kurosawa okay. mode where we forced film grain onto the screen <laughs> for your enjoyment. It's uh, real, Michael. You know, You're someone laughing, at Sucker Punch real. seems like they probably really love samurai movies and good for them. No. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> That's a real punch, right? I'm not. I'm not mixing this up, right? That it's, it's that's the studio. Yes. Yep. Yep. That was the Sucker studio punch. to cool. now avoid okay. because okay. they put a film grain black and white Kurosawa mode in their freaking Kurosawa wet dream game they made where they didn't do the Japanese lip sync. Yeah, I know. Ah. Yeah. Yep. I just like finding reasons to not like video games. Yeah. And that's the XP bar. Uh, sports bar. Uh, the Ferraris hit each other right away, and it was funny. Okay. Yeah. Was there drama? I haven't. I have not been paying attention. Yeah. Did they get mad? I haven't had the energy to pay attention. It was Leclerc's fault. <gasps> this time. This time. That'll look mm. great in the Netflix documentary. Oh my God! You just, you just do they do a drive to survive again? for the season? Do you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> If there's money to be made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate that you said that because it's totally going to be what it is. Yeah. It's like, yes. and like debris just like slow motion. Yes. And then like cut to black with white text. Day yes. Dude, yeah. Zach wasn't here for it. It was hilarious. <laughs> Last of Us 2 when it does the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it does Seattle. And then it like fades in day one. Yeah. It was so funny because it was such an opposite reaction from what I think they wanted that. Because I think they wanted to be like, what? But I was like, oh my God, no. Because <laughs> yeah. I was already like 15. <laughs> and then it just hey. sets the clock back. And, oh no. How many people, we'll end this podcast, I swear, but how many people do you think? Say you're making a video game, right? Mm-hmm. How much do you think they ever anticipate someone playing the game who doesn't want to be playing it, but is playing it regardless? Oh, weird. Because <laughs> I we'll think show I am those the only journalists. Person. But even beyond, I really think video games are weird in that way where people will do that, right? Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, how many times have you sat down through a movie you hated just because we wanted to oh, do a podcast about it? But I also hate movies a lot. And also, <laughs> they're only an hour and a half to two hours long, whereas this was at least 20 hours. Okay. But I did how, like was, how was... Uh, I guess at the end, you kind of liked Watchmen, and I guess at the end, you also kind of liked Sense8. Dude, I actually really, really like Sense8. That's goofy, but I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. i don't think they ever picture someone not liking one of their works the wachowskis the wachowskis they have to be used to getting dragged at this point and yeah it doesn't even touch them they just keep coming out with gold they just keep coming out with gold they don't care here's speed racer okay it's time to end this podcast because michael is being a true thanks guys for (laughs) sitting and talking for two hours and ten minutes about video games 
Oh, always. Thank you. Okay. And thanks. Let's Zach. do this again in another six months when the next yeah. disease hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we do our end of year stuff. Yeah. The Last of Us 2 canonical? Hmm. Oh, I don't know if it had the same staying power as The Last of Us Part 1, but... Uh, Ghost of Tsushima and freaking Doom Eternal. Mm -hmm. I should probably play some 2020 games then. Yeah, you're good. Thanks, guys. Have a beautiful time. I have new outro music and it goes a little like this. (gasps) Thanks, Beth. Well, my friends, it's time to close. We hope that you enjoyed the show. XP Bar.